Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time, it's for, time for the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Travis and Chad. On your home of the Blazers. NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. All right, Trav, I'm pumped for the show today. Yes. For all of you out there who want to join in the fun, you can do so. Reach out to us on the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line, 88528. A, one of the uh, bright, young, up-and-coming businesses here in Portland. Baseball-ism. They're getting ready to explode. We've got those guys coming up in studio here in about 20 minutes. And uh, you bought your wife a bag from Baseball-ism. Yeah. You love the gear. You love the concept. We get a chance with the NBA taking some off time with the All-Star break to talk about some of these other things we love. Baseballism is right up your alley, bro. I am a huge fan of what they do. I bought my wife uh, a baseball glove leather handbag. It's it a is good beautiful. I've seen bag. it. Dude, she loves this thing. It's durable. It smells like a baseball glove. It's it's awesome. Which so, is one of the great smells all time. Brand it, new mitt, bro. I, well, when I got that glove for my birthday last year, I brought that in. I sniffed uh, it. It yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing to sniff. I love the just the smell of holding a, a glove next to your face. And yeah. I, I love their gear. They they have really nerdy baseball t shirts and I I love that stuff. Well, we got those guys coming up here in about twenty minutes, so we're looking forward to that. Thanks for your time today, Portland. We do appreciate it. Now I've got to give Travis major props. <laughs> Seriously, and I'm not joking about any of this. Yesterday, we got into a discussion about the Blazers and the future and really ultimately what you can do to make sure that Damian Lillard remains in a Trailblazer jersey for the rest of his career because I've really noticed this year and over the weekend at the All-Star Game how great he is. I don't want to see another star walk away from Portland. I love Dame. I think he's got big-time game, and I want him to be here for the duration, Trav. And so my main question came down to this. What is the plan? Because Neil wouldn't reveal a plan when he talked to the Godfather at the trade deadline. So I ask you, okay, there's no plan, but at the end of the day, what do they need to communicate to Damian Lillard to make sure that uh, two years down the road, he's not looking at Paul and saying, look, I right. need out of town. And, and that and that was really my concern. And, and you came to me with a smile on your face this morning and said, I've got the plan. Yeah. Now, again, I don't know that this is the plan, and no plans are guaranteed. And in, in no way... Am I saying that we've got to just believe? We've got to believe in Neil Olshay that he's going to get the job done. I, in some ways, I have been a Neil Olshay apologist, not to a huge extent, but because I I understand why he made some of the moves that he made. I don't agree with them, but it makes sense when you look at it from a certain angle. So there have been some things that I've said, yeah. I know that hasn't been the best move, but I understand why they yeah. did it. So I'm not saying we need to just put all of our faith in Neil Olshay because he has made some some really, really good moves. And Fentress, I think it was Fentress, brought up the point the other day uh, that a couple of years ago when LaMarcus left and this team had four new starters that nobody expected anything, but he built the team with some good trades with Robin Lopez and made some other moves, and the team was not just a playoff team, but they went to the second round. So he did a great job there. Did a great job drafting Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, and then he's made some horrendous moves by signing Evan Turner for $18 million a year and signing... Uh, 
Myers Leonard for $40 million over four years. So there's been some really good and there's been some really bad. And he has put this position, this team in a position where today there doesn't look like there's a huge upside. The biggest upside that this team has is Damian Lillard. He is a superstar. And if you think that he's anything less than a superstar, you're not watching the NBA. He is. He is one of a handful of great players in the NBA, and it's really difficult to get one of those guys on your team. I agree with that, and I agree that he is a superstar. If there are only 10 or 12 of those in the NBA, even if there's 15 or 20 of those, there are several teams that have multiple yeah, of those Especially guys. to get him out of the draft shortly after that debacle with uh, the injuries to Odin and Roy. So very thankful to have Dame a homegrown talent, you know, who's close to local to be here in town. It's awesome. And He's been a big-time player so far. Right. So you've got him. That's the toughest part of the whole puzzle is to get the guy. The Warriors drafted that guy in Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. If they don't have Steph Curry, they're not winning those titles. If the Cavaliers didn't draft LeBron James, he would never have gone back, but they don't win those titles without him. The, the hardest part of building a championship team is getting the superstar. And you got the superstar, getting the Michael Jordan. Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan, in a lot of ways, is C.J. McCollum to Damian Lillard. Now, Scottie Pippen was one of the 50 greatest players of all time. I'm not saying that's what C.J. McCollum is, but you got your number two guy. The rest of the roster is a mess in a lot of ways. So how do you clean that up? If the goal is to make Damian Lillard happy to where going into the final year of his deal, he doesn't request a trade, You've got to make sure that he believes that you're going to do everything you can to make this team a championship contender. The only way to do that is to add another big player to this team. Would you agree? Absolutely. you got to have talent, and they need another big piece. And, you know, like Golden State, before they got Kevin Durant, they had Clay, they had Steph, they had Draymond. You had three pieces there who could go out and get the job done. So there, there are three ways to add a player like that. First, the draft. Where they are drafting, they are not drafting a guy who's turning into an MVP candidate. More than likely. More than likely. The other option is a trade. And I was just talking about this with Dwight and Aaron a few minutes ago. You're not trading what you have for an all-star player. No. It's not happening. Not Myers and Evan Turner and Mo Harkless. That can't result in a star player. And there is nobody who's going to trade an all-star to you for the expiring contracts of $27 million dollars of Evan Turner and Myers Leonard with a first-round pick because your first-round pick probably won't be high. So you're not – it's not happening. You're not getting that guy in the trade unless you're trading C.J. McCollum. So those two avenues are out. So the only way left is via free agency. Well, Portland isn't an attractive place for free agents, Chad. You know what the most attractive thing to an NBA free agent is? Money. Money. And what's the second most attractive thing? Star power. And winning, right? Yes. So – If you're the Phoenix Suns and you don't have any players of real big-time talent on your team and you're trying to go sign, let's just say, Kawhi Leonard, and you say, Kawhi, we want you to be the star. You are the guy. The franchise will revolve around you. If they don't have anybody else, is that an attractive situation? Probably not. Right. And Phoenix is a nice place to be. Yes. Well, in Portland, if you go out, whether it's Kawhi Leonard or whoever, and say, we've got Damian Lillard. We've got C.J. McCollum. We can pay you as much as anybody else can, and you're going to be on this team with those two other guys, and here is your trio. Is that more attractive than a place that you might rather live that has zero chance of winning? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So how do you get to that point now, right? Well, you look at the summer of 2020. Going into the summer of 2020, that is two years from now, 
Damian Lillard will be entering the final year of his deal at $31 million. CJ McCollum will be entering the final year of his deal at $29 million. Whoa. That's $60 million <laughs> tied up into those guys. Sick money. You know who else is on the, the roster right now for that summer? Zach Collins with a team option of $5 million. Caleb Swanigan with a team option of $3.5 million. And the stretch of Andrew Nicholson. That's it. That means they're going to have a ton of money yeah. if they don't take on any more money between right. now and that summer. And that's the key. Now, obviously, you have to fill out the rest of your team. But you've got several players that will be in their last year of their deal the year before. Evan Turner, Mo Harkless, Myers Leonard. Mm -hmm. They all come off the books. Uh, the year before, Farouk has got one year left. And you've, you've got some room there. So you have to convince Damian Lillard that in the summer of 2020, you are going to go get that big piece. Now, how do you do that? You have to make sure that Neil Shea or whoever the general manager is doesn't panic. If he says, we, we've got to be better right now and re-signs Shabazz Napier for $15 million a year, that's a terrible idea. If he signs Yusuf Nurkic for $15 million a year, that's a terrible idea. The idea of player retention was very good up to this point. But now you have to forget about player retention because you've got to retain Dame and CJ. And maybe, you know, uh, Nurk is involved in that at a lower salary. And if Zach Collins develops with two more years, we said it was going to be year three or four that he turns into what you want. Well, if he is the defensive player that Neil O'Shea thinks he can be and the stretch player and the shooter that Neil O'Shea thinks he can be, he might not be an all-star, but he'll be a very good, very valuable player going into his fourth year. So now you've got Damian, you've got CJ, and you've got Zach Collins, the core of this team, with a whole lot of money to spend. Draymond Green is a free agent in 2020. Kawhi Leonard is a free agent in 2020. There are other guys, too, that might be lesser players, like a Tristan Thompson. So you will have the money to go sign a max player and a quality role player. I'm just using the example of Tristan Thompson. So you could end up in a scenario where you have Damian and CJ, Kawhi, Tristan Thompson, and Zach Collins as your starting five, or Draymond Green, and you go out and you get a different three for $10 million a year. Is that a team that in, in three years can contend for a Western Conference title? I believe so. And of all the names that we looked at who are going to be free agents in 2020, there were two that I really cared about. It's Kawhi Leonard, it's Draymond Green. And the reason why, those are both great two-way players who bring an attitude and can upgrade the defense and be great complementary pieces to play alongside Damon CJ because not only can they defend, but they can also step back and hit the three, which is a perfect fit in Terry Stott's offense. And if you combine that with Zach Collins, who hopefully will develop into that guy that they think he can be, he all of a sudden becomes your option at the five. That's a plan I can get yeah. behind. And I think if you can go to Dame and say, look, give us two years. Let us get to that summer. Be patient and and give us a chance to show you what we can do in that summer. And at that point, if we fail you, you can move on. Yep, then you can walk. You've got the freedom to go do that. Nothing's guaranteed, Chad. But to me, this is the only way that you can get to that kind of level. I want to get to a couple of quick texts. From Nopo Mike, he says, what about bringing DeAndre Jordan or DeMarcus Cousins to Portland this summer as free agents? You have zero money. You can't sign anybody as a free agent. It's not happening. Maybe try for a deal for love. The only way that's happening is if you're trading CJ. You're not getting better that way. Uh, another text says, did you really just say if San Antonio isn't positioned to win regarding Kawhi to Portland? LOL, he hasn't played all year. Who has more wins, Portland or San Antonio? I'm talking about two years from now, totally different scenarios. Anything could happen, Chad. Anything could happen. It's one of the great young and up-and-coming companies in the city of Portland. You're going to find out about it next. Baseballism. Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad.
The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Travis and Chad on NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. All right, Rip City Drive, you can reach out and uh, partake. Belden, Portland, Leaf Guard, Gutter, text line is 88528. Travis, what a treat, my friend. I'm fired up, man. All right, um... If you haven't checked out Baseballism, do so. Do yourself a huge favor, sports fans, and check it out. You can go online at Baseballism.com or check out their location here in town at 2215 Northwest Quimby Street, right here in Portland. Some of the best gear you will find, baseball fans, for you and the entire family. It's our pleasure to welcome three great minds behind the company, Jonathan Loomis, Kalen Boodman, and uh, Travis Chalk, who's with us here at the table. Guys, welcome. Thanks for having us. It's Thanks great for, to be here. It's so you. great to have you guys here. So, Travis, we'll start with you because I was informed that you're kind of the brains uh, or the uh, boss man behind the company, if that's kind the way of, we could of. describe We're it. We're all but, teammates, but... Well, um, no, it's great. I know Travis turned me on to you guys. He's a big fan of your gear. Um, but let's, let's talk about... You know, I know each of you have been involved in the game of baseball, so how yeah. did it start from the game to what we see today where you guys are together with baseballism. So it, it's a long, crazy story. Um, so we all were teammates at the University of Oregon. We played club baseball together from 01 to 06. We're at different age ranges, but we all played together. And uh, basically after we graduated, uh, we didn't know, know what to do with ourselves. We said, hey, let's start a youth baseball camp in Eugene. At the time, there was no D1 team at the University of Oregon. So kind of a weak baseball culture there when we were there. And so we're like, let's, let's start a baseball camp. Called it baseballism. Uh, made sweet camp shirts because usually you know when you get a camp shirt it's kind of like they're cheesy your, your yeah it'll shrink three inches you're basically wearing a crap top when you get when you watch it exactly twice. yeah so we made a cool camp t-shirt uh, we ran the camp successfully for two years and we're just like hey we got to get real life jobs so you know dismembered the camp went our own separate ways uh, then uh, in 2013 so this was back in 06 07 in 2013 we came back together we're like hey guys wherever I wear this shirt I get asked where I get this shirt. And so I worked at a baseball academy at the time and made a run of shirts. They sold out in like a week. And so we're like, we got something here. So we did a Kickstarter campaign, uh, relaunched the baseballs and brand as a, as a clothing brand in 2013. And it's just kind of snowball effect and crazy from there. And uh, five years later, we're opening up eight stores this year. So it'll be, it'll be crazy. Where you guys are now where in, in your career, and I'll open up to, to these guys over here too who haven't gotten a chance to get on camera yet. Uh, to be able to do what you guys do, I know you loved baseball uh, as much as I do. Which one was the catcher? Right here. You, okay, so we're, we're on the same page. You were a third baseman? A second baseman. Second baseman. Okay, so we got everything covered. So for you guys to be doing what you're doing and working with baseball every day and working with your friends and seeing people like me who just totally nerd out at your creativity, how much fun are you having doing this stuff every day? Well, I mean, this is a dream come true. It really is. I, I worked um, in more of the traditional 9-to-5 job uh, for about 12 years leading up to this. And so to transition from that office kind of base environment to what we're doing now on the creative side, is it truly is a dream come true. Working around uh, your, your really good friends, great minds, everyone that, that, that's in the organization is very talented at what they do. They were very accomplished in their careers leading up to, to this company. So um, it's great because it's not only a learning experience, but it's just, it is just a ton of fun to be around this environment. Where, where do you get your ideas for those t-shirts from? Well, a lot of it comes from our coaching background. So right. we all played obviously in college and then I have about 10 years of coaching experience after I graduated. Killen's coach, John's coach, our other buddy Jonathan Joy, who's not here with us right now, he coached for Benson also. And so it's basically what we told our players. We tell our players, you know, the 3-1 count, live life like a 3-1 count. 
If you're if you got two strikes on you, it's not okay to strike out swinging. So things like that. We basically little key phrases that we always use when we're coaching, and you know things that you know teach players not only baseball but also life. We put those on shirts and just really connected with their audience. It's Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. We got the guys behind Baseballism. You can check them out online at baseballism.com. Jonathan Loomis, Travis Chalk, and Kalen Boobman. Kalen, I'll get you into the mix. So the one thing I think is unique about what you guys have been able to do. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Uh, accomplish is how you're connecting with families who have grown up with kids playing baseball, and then they go on to high school and so on. People who appreciate the historical nature of the game, the true essence of it, I mean, and, and you're connecting to those people in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we envision the brand to be something that you could wear if you're 12 and you love baseball. You'd be aware if you're 80 and you love baseball. And the reason is that baseball people are baseball people. You can go play hoops every day of your life, but you're not a basketball person in the same way. If you have a connection to baseball, it's just, it's just deep. It's deeply rooted. It runs through you. It guides who you are. And it didn't matter if you were good or great or were awful. You're just a baseball person. Maybe you're yeah. a stat nerd or whatever it is. We're a, just a special breed. And so we want to put things out there that appeals to everyone. We don't want to be too timely with it in that it only applies to some little segment of time. It's Baseball is just multi-generational. And it's going to go on forever, and we want to appeal to that. With some of the gear, like with some of the shirts, like if you're a baseball nerd, you'll, you'll get it right away. But if you're not, you might not understand what it is like the, the ducks on the pond shirt right it's a the infield with water and then it's got a duck in first second and third someone who's not a, a baseball person would look at that and say what what the hell is that but right. a baseball guy would get that right away that's what that's what i love about your gear is just it it's just creative enough where the baseball nerd is like yeah i i get that it's, it's like an insider thing yeah if yep. you if you're wearing a baseballism shirt and you see someone else wearing a baseballism shirt you get it and may, probably no one else gets it but it's kind of like you're a baseball person, I'm a baseball person, let's be friends, let's get a beer, let's go talk some baseball. Or, or uh, in December, my wife's birthday was in December, and I bought her the, uh, the, the glove leather handbag. She told me last summer, she's like, oh, oh, I like that. I'm like, wait a minute. My wife is telling me that she wants me to get her something from a baseball store. Uh, that's it. So you got to jump on it. I, I did. So I, I bought her that for her birthday. She loves it. It's, it's incredible. It's an incredible product. It's really durable. Obviously smells like a glove. But she was telling me that she gets compliments from, from grown men in like the grocery store on her handbag like I, w I would never expect to hear anything like that how popular is is that line of items yeah that so that that particular bag that you're talking about that glove leather leather tote it's the it's our best-selling item so it's it okay. is um by far and away the the single highest grossing item that we've ever done which is really kind of it's a strange thing because you've got a bunch of guys around the table coming up with women's handbags 
And you know, because it's glove leather, we've got a twist to it. It, it makes sense and it, and it works with our story. But we're yeah, we're basically a bunch of guys making women's handbags. That's and it, awesome. And it's working very well. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. We got the guys behind uh, Baseballism here in studio. You can check out baseballism.com. Jonathan Loomis, Travis Chalk, and Kalen Boobman. Travis, I wanted to ask about the significance behind the Flagman logo that we see on your hat right there. Who inspired that, and why is that logo so significant for what you guys are trying to do? Okay, so when we first started out, we had we had a sweet baseballism logo with our print, and we we're just like, you know, we need something that's not not text, a symbol of like who we are and what we stand for, and we know that baseball is America's pastime, and Babe Ruth is one of the most iconic baseball players of all time, if not the most iconic, and so. We took his silhouette with the permission of uh, the Babe Ruth family. Uh, we stuck an American flag in his hand, and when you really look at our logo, you just, what's more American than Babe Ruth swinging an American flag? It's just something that's super iconic. It tells our story, it tells who we are, tells who we stand for, the country we're from, and um, it really just tells our story. So that's kind of it all came to be. We just messed around with different logos and settled on that Babe Ruth swing man, what we call the flag man. And we settled on that logo, and it's just been great for us. And when people see it, they know it's baseball, it's Americana, and that's just who we are. You know, so many companies are now bypassing the walk-in shopping experience to cater more to the customers who are online. So how have you been able to find success with physical locations in Arizona, Texas, Boston, and San Francisco? So those stores are opening up soon. Right now we're in Arizona, uh, Portland, New York, and Atlanta. Um, we got those four stores coming up this year. Um, it's really kind of easy for us because in a way like we're not in a shopping mall where you don't really know who's going to buy from you so if you if you're next to a baseball stadium and you're a baseball brand you know that the people that are going to the game are, love baseball and our brand is built around people that love baseball and so it really works it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel for us it's it's just we know where our target audience is going to be at a certain time and we open stores there so from this point going forward i, I love the products obviously people do too What's, what's next in terms of developing more things, whether it's more T-shirts, different designs? What else can you guys do from this point? Well, stemming off from the, uh, the woman's line, and we know that the handbag is really popular for us, so we really want to continue growing the glove leather line. Um, that's going to be big for us. Um, like a glove leather wallet? for Wallets, oh, keychains, things like that, that you know, we can really put a baseball twist on. Um, we really want to get more into the outerwear kind of game, you know, the windbreakers for coaches. Just things that we can tell a baseball story around. We're writing more books because our quotes on Twitter and, and Facebook are, are really popular. So one of our, our, our best-selling items this uh, past Christmas was the baseball game before Christmas. We sold 1,000 copies in a couple weeks. And so we're, we're stemming on the children's books kind of things with baseball themes. You know, one thing that's really cool, you guys have a Cooperstown location, which is awesome. And I believe you're going through kind of a, I don't know if you call it an expansion or a renovation, but you're, you're set to reopen that location. So what's going on in Cooperstown? So Cooperstown, we actually uh, purchased a building in Cooperstown so we can just ensure that we're there for the long haul. Um, in the past, we've had a thousand square feet. We're going to double that size just because we're becoming one of the mainstays in Cooperstown. Like now, it's always been you go to Cooperstown, you play in your baseball tournament, you go to the Hall of Fame. Now it's becoming you go to Cooperstown. You play in your baseball tournament, you go to baseballism, then you go to the Hall of Fame. So we're kind of embedding ourselves in the culture. And we made sure that people know that the first store we've ever opened is in Cooperstown. It's kind of where baseball's from. We're right next yeah. to Double Day Field. So it's like it tells that baseball story. Even though we're a newer brand, we have that old school feel. And it all starts in Cooperstown. Growing up, I, I grew up in the East Coast. I grew up in New York. And we would play tournaments at Doubleday Field. Yep. And yep. one of my favorite things to do when I was 12 or 13 years old was there's that, that little strip with all those shops. 
And every year I would go in and I would get different hats and different T-shirts. And it was mm. even cooler because I bought it there. So I, I know exactly what you guys are talking about. That's like it's bringing back all these like nostalgic memories of, of all the stuff that we used to do up in Cooperstown with all the different shops. But my, my first son is going to be born in May. And obviously, I, I want to turn him into as much of a baseball fan as I am. So do you guys have any plans of any, like, children's or, like, newborn stuff that I can, I can equip my son with? He wants it badly. So in the past, we've, we've had a toddler line. Uh, we, we, we actually had onesies in the past. Now we have toddler. Uh, continue to expand it. I think we're going to have something for everybody in the family. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. You down with that, Chad? Absolutely. We got the guys from Baseballism here in the studio on the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad, Jonathan Loomis, Travis Chalk, Kalen Boodman. You can check out their website, baseballism.com. Um, I think it's great that you guys are based out of Portland. You guys all went to Oregon. You guys are Oregonians, as you were telling me before. But what I like about that is, is that I take pride in that, oh, yeah. knowing that you guys are going everywhere else, because here in Portland, you know it is, we, we like local. I mean, what's, is it nice to have a shop, a physical location here in town? It, it's nice, and it's kind of like, it gives us a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, because you know, here in Portland, baseball's not a big thing. Yeah. And it's kind of our goal to kind of get baseball kind of back and get Portland people We want it to be a big baseball, thing. Right? And so... We, all the time, we used to be on North Interstate in a small store, and people were like, are you guys going out of business? What's going on here? Do you guys sell you know, baseball cards? Um, can I get some Cubs gear? And we're just like, no, we're, we're a lifestyle baseball brand. You can check your team at the door. We're just for the love of the game. And um, slowly but surely, we're, we're getting into the Portland crowd, and they're starting to understand you know, what's going on in the rest of the country for us. Is there any possibility or is there a, a need at all for any licensed gear? Um, you know, that's something that's always open to us. We, we've definitely have inquiries about that. But for now, what's working for us is being for those families that are not necessarily big league fans or anything like that. The great thing about us is you don't have to be a, a major league fan or have a major league team in your city in order to, to love what we do. If you're a baseball fan or you're a baseball player or someone just is associated with the game some way, we, we've we got some for you. So we're shooting our product to everybody. But you guys have, you guys do have, uh, I see gear where, you know, like if you go to, if you go to Boston, you can buy shirts that will have something that's kind of marked by the city or down in San Francisco where you can buy something that has a local feel to it without being an officially licensed product of a particular team, which is cool. Yeah, we're all about team, I mean, like city pride. Yeah. So, if you're from Boston, whether you like the Red Sox or not, some people are from Boston and don't like the Red Sox. Some of them are Yankee fans. So they're good but everybody, people. yeah, everybody, you know, loves where they're from. You know, I read a good piece. Maury Brown, uh, as you guys have told me, he has a piece that just came out yesterday. He's written about you guys a couple of times. But, you know, one thing he said that was cool was he made a connection between you and the Hard Rock Cafe where you guys can make it specific where if a person goes into the shop in Fenway or they're in, you know, Cooperstown, that they can purchase something and will have – you know, you have some detail on that. So say, hey, look, I was at baseballism in Cooperstown. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, it's great for us because it gives us another creative outlet. So if we're in Scottsdale, we can really, you know, show our appreciation for the community that's accepting us as a store. So if we're in, we're in Scottsdale, we can make Cactus Club stuff, and it's only for the people in Arizona. So it's like our way of paying homage and saying thank you to the people that accept us into their community and just saying we want to be a part of your baseball community, whether it be helping out your Little League programs, whether it be, you know, uh, sponsoring a tournament, whatever it is. you know, We want to ingrain ourselves in the baseball culture in that city. One of the things I love about you guys is just, you, you, like you said earlier, it, it brings people together. I was coaching a game last year, uh, and one of the, the coaches on the other team was wearing a baseballism hat. 
And this is a, I won't say who it is, but this is a particular team that the team I was coaching on, we, we did not get along with them. And there is kind of a history of our program not getting along with their program. But I ended up talking to the guy for like 20 minutes about baseballism because he was wearing your hat. And I think that's one of the things that's, that's great about what you guys do is that anybody who loves the sport is going to get excited when they see somebody else wearing that hat or that shirt. Oh, absolutely. Like I've been to, we went to the World Baseball Classic and um, we saw a lot of our gear there. We didn't tell anybody that, you know, hey, we're the owners of baseballs and whatever, but we see them and then we give them a high five, we give them a fist bump. And I think that's going on amongst people that, you know, are just seeing other people wear baseballs. And so that's, that's a great thing is it's real validating for us that people are kind of getting, hey, you don't need to be, we can be fans of different teams, but if we were in, we're wearing this logo, we're really all on the same team. I wonder if that's the same feeling, you know, like I've, uh, you know, I've heard about music artists, the first time they hear their song on the radio, it gives them like a jolt, like, wow, we're on the radio. I would imagine it's pretty cool when you're bumping around town, just doing whatever you do, and then you see someone with your gear on. It's a rush. We call it uh, seeing it in the wild. So if we see <laughs> right? it's one of our things out I like there. That. We don't know that person. It's that I actually remember the first time I saw someone wearing our gear that I didn't know, and it was in Las Vegas. And we were coming over the bridge, and they were wearing that the heritage cap, the same cap that uh, Travis is wearing. And what was so like crazy about that was, so at the time, I mean, that logo wasn't super popular, right? And it's, we're still trying to get it and, and building it. We were more known for our quotes and our sayings, our graphic tees, which were really kind of clever. You could connect with what was written on the yeah. T-shirt. But when that person was wearing just our logo, it was really powerful because they had connected all the dots and said, this logo means something. I'm going to wear it out in public. That was powerful for me. And that was I would, about three years ago that happened. We need to get some uh, some Rip City Radio, some Rip City Drive gear, some Rip City Radio uh, baseballism gear. I'm into that. Which is your favorite? I mean, you you love them so much, but what, of all the shirts you've been telling me about, this guy, every day I come in, he's like, have you seen this shirt? Have you seen this shirt? What's your favorite concept that they put out my, there? My favorite shirt is the one with the bucket. It's his best seat in the house. Because anybody who's coached baseball, especially you know, at the high school level, knows that the coach sits on the bucket. That's that's oh, the yeah. best seat. It's, it's, it's number one. Number one goes there. Guy in charge. Yeah. And, of course, you always got the kid who's like, oh, coach, can I sit on the bucket? No. Or you come back in yep. coaching third and he's sitting on the bucket. Uh, get off. Wow. That's so good. Well, um, you can check it out online. You can go there right now, baseballism.com. And, of course, uh, here in town, you can check them out. So you've got some some gear uh, with the from the movie Major League. Yeah, we licensed so, that. Yeah. Okay, that's what yeah, I wanted to ask yeah. you. Is how how did that work? Because you've got the the baseball with the mohawk, and how does that process work? And why did you decide that that particular movie? Obviously, you know we, we know how much how great that movie yeah. is, and, and uh, how nostalgic that is. But why that movie, and how did that process work? Yeah, I can. I'm gonna shoot that over to Kalen because he's our lawyer here. So. Uh, with that one, so we, you know, we just kind of think about movies that, that, that appeal to us, you know, and then we also have to, once we get there, we have to think about movies that appeal to other people, because there's a lot of movies we'd love to do stuff with, but you have to, there has to be more than 20 people sure. to agree with you. That one's obviously, uh, the logo's iconic, the quotes from that movie just keep it going forever. Um, and we use a lot of them like, on this show. Yeah, it seems like it passes on for a generation after next, after next. So we reached out to him because we did a, you know, a little background research, and while, while it's still kind of in circulation, Nobody's making any cool gear with it, and they're, they're, the logos are awesome. So we reached out to them, and they were super flexible. And uh, now I can't keep them from calling us and trying to suggest new things, like, "Oh, you should uh, make some socks. You should do this. You should do that." Because they just they see that they're making money and they love it. That's awesome. All right, you got to check it out. There are local guys right here from Oregon. Oregon, they're Oregonians. Two two one five Northwest Quimby Street is the physical location. Go online at baseballism.com. 
Hey, guys. Man, it's awesome, man. we got to celebrate local companies getting it done. You guys are awesome, and we appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Well, big uh, opportunity for you golfers out there. Travis and I have got you taken care of next. It's Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad here on your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. I'll turn this damn bus around. That'll end your breath. Rip pretty damn quick, huh? On NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. 345 in the Rip City Drive. Big thanks to the guys from Baseballism for coming in studio with us. Chad, big props to you for setting that up. Those guys are awesome. I'm a huge fan of their gear, if you couldn't tell. I was checking it out online. I, I, I'm going to head over to the shop here in the next couple of days. I, I, I want to buy one of the watches. And I was eyeing a couple of the uh, wallets as well because that's some good, uh, that's some handmade quality stuff we're talking about with the leather. So I want to, I want to invest in one of those things. But yeah, it's great, great concept. But most importantly, it's like those are the type of businesses and people that I want to support. Local guys who grew up here in the community, they care about the Northwest, they care about Oregon, and then they build shop right here. I mean, those those are the guys that are out there getting done. Smart dudes with a great concept uh, who are living out their dreams just like you and I are. So props to those guys. And and you've been telling me about it. It's like I, I... Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, I might as well get him in and talk about it because I hear about baseballism every day from you. Like, have you seen this shirt, Chad? It's unbelievable. Have you seen this? Did you see this one? What a great concept. I mean, I know you're down. And so to be able to talk with those guys and get them in studio, props to them. I'm checking out the wallet right now. It's got like the imprint of a baseball scorebook on it. Yeah. No, it's great. And I'm one of those guys, and I think I told you this before, when it comes to clothes, certain items, like I would rather spend a, I want to spend more money and get something that's made of quality. That's why I buy the t-shirts that I do. That's why I buy the jeans that I do. I want something that's going to last. I hate investing money into a shirt that is almost like a novelty, and then you wash it, and it's useless. It's like, I'd rather spend $30 on a t-shirt that's going to last me instead of $20 on one that's going to fall apart. So. I like quality, and these guys, they've got it nailed down. Great spot. Check it out, Baseballism.com. Another thing I'm fired up for is the golf show this weekend. I go every year, and joining us now is the executive director of the Portland Golf Show, Dick Stevens. Dick, it's great to talk to you again, my friend. How are you? Hey, it's uh, it's always the kind of the kickoff of the golf show season when I get to come on the, on, on the radio with you guys, right? Absolutely. Yes. I, I, I will be there on Saturday for sure. Going to get there bright and early at 9 a.m. So what, what's different this year, if anything? You know, it's always about the equipment. <clears throat> the first thing that's different is what's happened with the brand new golf equipment. And what's cool about the date of the Portland Golf Show is 
this equipment that we're swinging, like the TaylorMade uh, M4 and the new Callaway Epic and all the new Ping and Titleist equipment, the retailers like they just got this equipment a day or two ago. So wow. when it comes out on the day, when it comes on the testing line for Fiddler's Green at the show for the golf the golf show attendees, this is it. This is the first time I've ever seen it. It's like it's like the Detroit Auto Show for golf for for Portland. And uh, that's always exciting because I know that the people who come to the show every year, they want to see that new stuff. Even if they're not ready to purchase it, they have a chance to see it. So we're really excited. The M4 came out a week ago to the entire world. So that's exciting for us. All right. So, Dick, here's my situation, and I need your help. So uh, I had a, a set of clubs custom made, but I knew that it was time to upgrade. So what I did is I gave them away. I got rid of them to force myself to to be in a position to where I'd have to buy new clubs. So how is the Portland Golf Show? If I go, what is the best process for me to get to get set up with new uh, with new clubs? Well, I think the the best part is is the fun part to begin with. We'll have eleven manufacturers down there, all side by side by side, and these are factory guys. These are guys that work for TaylorMade. They work for Mizuno. They work for Ping. They work for Callaway. Take it. Take an hour. Take ninety minutes, and make sure you have a little liquid propulsion there with you. Get a beer or cocktail and. And, and try all the equipment until it feels right. In this day and age, all the drivers are 460 cc's, hmm. so it really comes down to what looks and sounds right, but that's where the shaft comes in. There's like 20,000 shaft combinations today with all the shafts, the lofts, the lies, the grips. I, it's really like buying a race car. You know, Do you want a two-door? Do you want a four-door? Do you want something that's going to have a convertible? That's the best part of the fitting process is just looking down there and finding what fit what feels right. And then when it comes into irons, you know, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. A lot of people don't even go past a four iron anymore. It's about hybrids and it's about an iron. It's a combination set to get the ball up in the air faster. So I would really take some time in the demo line to see what works works right and then get the fitting done and then they'll place the order for you right there. Yeah, the, the demo line's great because you can always test stuff out. So how does that whole process work if there is something that you want to test out? Maybe you don't necessarily want to buy it then, but you want to try out a couple of different things. How does all of that work? They can take testing uh, information for you in most of the demo line slots and then Fiddler's Green can actually order the product or you can follow up with them and they'll ship it to you right to your specifications. And when you buy new golf equipment, nobody can undercut the prices of the new equipment. So um, whether you buy it from Fiddler's Green or you buy it from XYZ, it's going to be the same price. So when you go to the show, you're already getting the best price. Now, people are on a budget. We do have great product in there that's for sale. Uh, we've got net down product from Fiddler's Green, also Redbird. I'm sorry, Redtail also has a great setup in there. So we really have equipment for people of any budget and any interest level for, for golf. That's, that's, that's the thing about the show is it's not an elite show. It's for everybody who has an interest in the sport. Dick Stevens is with us, the executive director of the Portland Golf Show, which is this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at the Oregon Convention Center. So <coughs> this, this, is, me, this is one of the, the things that everybody loves is when you show up, you get free stuff. So what, what is oh, some boy. of the, the free stuff that folks can get when they uh, head yeah, out? My, this my dad would fall into this category. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad and about about eighteen hundred other people. <laughs> right. It's our it's our favorite show. So this is this is the twenty fifth anniversary of this show. And we are uh we're doing eight this year, but Portland's our biggest show, it's our favorite show. When when people line up for the front door, we've got four rounds of golf for everybody this year. And and uh if you buy your ticket online at Portlandgolfshow.com, 
You get a bonus round of golf. We've got an enhanced ticket called a player's tour pass that comes with three-day passes to the show, uh, a Northwest Players golf book, which has got about 120 golf offers in there at different courses, a bonus round of golf to Mount Hood, $50 wine, go- uh, wine gift card, $10 interactive cash of the show, 10 bucks to Buffalo Wild Wings, 10 bucks to, uh, to Top Golf. That whole thing's only 49 bucks. We've got about 50 of those left. So if people go to PortlandGolfShow.com, they can still grab one of those. It's it's almost seven hundred dollars worth of stuff wow. for forty nine bucks, but then the t- the standard ticket is fourteen bucks, and it comes with rounds of golf, top golf credit. But you have to get in line for some of those things, so people they do stand in line <laughs> for the things. God bless them. Dick Stevens is with us here on the Rip City Drive. So Dick, is is there anything that we've missed that folks can uh, look forward to when they head out there this weekend? Bring the kids Saturday. Saturday is Kids Day. Um, it's it's really uh, an opportunity for for kids to get involved. We have 150 golf clubs we give to the first 150 kids on Saturday. Awesome. Uh, as a clubs for kids program. We want kids to be able to start their, their, their golf journey there. There'll be kids programming all over the show floor. Now shifting to the big kids, we have a whiskey experience, a gin experience, a vodka experience, a tequila experience, and a beer experience, all separate at the show. Um, so we're really excited about some of the lifestyle things that we're doing. We've got a brand-new car sponsor with Alfa Romeo. Uh, it, there's some new things in there. People who come to the show will see some difference. I, I remember the last time I had a tequila experience. It didn't go so well. <laughs> we're, right. Okay, well, this is just a real – these are samples. But, oh, okay, uh, good. Azunia Tequila is our, is our big sponsor. We've got great local craft spirits, and then Bridgeport's our big brewing partner at the show, and – uh, it's just going to be a blast. I mean, it's such a celebration, and everybody in Portland pulls for everybody else. It's not a competitive golf market. I love seeing how all the exhibitors interact at the show. They're all friends. He is Dick Stevens, the executive director of the Portland Golf Show. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. Head over to portlandgolfshow.com to purchase tickets and for more information. Dick, as always, thank you so much. I'll see you out there on Saturday. PortlandGolfShow.com. See you guys later. All right. And we're going to take callers 1, 2, and 3 right now. You get a pair of tickets. 503-248-0620. 503-248-0620. Callers 1, 2, and 3. We'll have some more tickets to give away a little bit later on. I'll be glad once this show passes because then my dad will stop hounding me for right. ticks. It's like, Dad, okay, I'll, I'll take care of you. I will take care of you. Just leave me alone and you can go to the golf show with your buddies. Coming up next, Mark Cuban is under a microscope in a couple of really bad ways now in Dallas. We'll tell you why on the River City Drive. Now, from the Goldberg Jones Sports Desk, your NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio headlines. Goldberg Jones, call 1-800-DIVORCE. Hey, what's up, Portland? It is 4 o'clock from the NBA they have fined Mavs owner Mark Cuban six hundred grand for making these comments. And I explained what our plans were going to be this summer, that we're not going to tank again. This is like right. a year and a half of tanking, and that was too brutal for me. But being <laughs> transparent, I think that's the key to being a, a quote-unquote player's owner and having stability. Cuban also under fire following an SI investigative piece, which uncovered a hostile work environment involving the Mavs former president, Terdima Usri. We'll get into that next here on the Rip City Drive. Meanwhile, according to ESPN, Spurs coach Greg Popovich says he would be surprised if Kawhi Leonard returns to the court this season. Yes. In college hoops, Georgetown leading number four Xavier 35-28 late in the first half. Number one, Virginia hosts Georgia Tech, while sixth-ranked Texas Tech is on the road at Oklahoma State.
Your home of the Blazers is NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. It's time, it's for, time for the Rip City Drive with Travis and, Chad Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. Hour number two of three here on a Wednesday afternoon. That first hour went by insanely quick, Chad. Very quick. Just can't wait to get over to baseballism and get myself some gear. Yeah. Uh, we had some tickets to give away for the Portland Golf Show a few minutes ago. If you missed that, we'll have some tickets to give away at uh, five twelve today. We'll give away three more pairs. Yeah, based on the phone lines, there were people not missing that. Uh, no, they were not. And if you go Saturday morning, I will be out there so you can come hit me with a golf club or something. <laughs> Don't invite people to do that. They might take you up on that. What are you going to do out at the golf show? Are you going out shopping? Or are you on, like, work duty out there? No, no, no. I'm going out there with a couple of buddies. We go every year, check some stuff out. Uh, of course, we go to get the free golf, the free rounds of golf. We'll demo some stuff and, you know, have, have some bourbon on a Saturday morning. Have a good time. Is there a cutoff time? When, when is too early for bourbon? Uh, well, if you're at an event like that, nothing. There is no cutoff time. Like, if I'm at home, I'm not going to, you know, pour myself a, a glass of bourbon at 9 in the morning. But at an event like that, have a, have a little sip or two, why not? 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, if it starts early, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, especially like, you know, put put some uh, bourbon in your coffee. I need to get out there. I need some new clubs. I, I got I rid of mine on clubs. purpose so that I would be in a position where I have to go out and buy new ones. So the Portland Golf Show is probably my best shot. All right, it is 4.03 on the Rip City Drive. There is a piece from Sports Illustrated John Worthium and Jessica Luther, and it was a, a long expose on the issues going on with the uh, – Dallas Mavericks. Uh, there were issues with former president and CC, CEO Terdema Useri. He left the Mavericks three years ago. Uh, there was sexual harassment, a terrible work environment. The story said, quote, it was a real-life animal house, according to one former organization employee. It was just an all-out, free-for-all, terrible place to work for women. Yeah, that's what you would take from the piece, and you would also take away that Useri, this uh, former... Uh, team president is not a very good guy. No, not in fact, at all. actually a very bad guy. But the thing that disturbs me the most through all of this is that Mark Cuban, uh, Mavericks owner, who is one of the best and brightest that we have in our country in terms of business leaders, uh, he's an innovator and very aggressive as an owner in the NBA, and a guy who is a self-made man, a guy who I believe is on top of everything in terms of business and how things work. But the way he came off after this piece came out was he had no idea. He was almost taken back and surprised at what was uncovered through this SI piece. And I'm just saying that that's BS. I don't believe Mark Cuban. I think he knew what was going on. Here's the reality in, in what I think happened here. Usri was a guy who came in and did a heck of a job on the business side for Mark Cuban. He made them a lot of money. He secured, he secured naming rights for their arena. And from a business standpoint, did a heck of a job. He was making money for his owner, which yeah. is his primary job. Well, I think when you're that type of guy, much like we saw at NBC with uh, Matt Lauer, who was a, a guy that would bring in the ratings and was a big-time moneymaker for NBC, you know, I think guys in those positions of power, when you're a moneymaker, uh, you can get away with a lot more because your boss is going to overlook some of the indiscretions sure. because you're affecting, you're impacting his, his bottom line in a positive way. And I think that's what we got here, where Mark Cuban, I find it hard to believe that he was unaware of, with what was going on because this is a guy that's got the pulse on everything about the Dallas Mavericks. And at the end of the day, he he turned a blind eye to what was really happening with Usury because 
Usury was making him money. And, and so when I hear a guy like Mark Cuban saying, I really didn't know. I'm surprised you guys are here. I don't buy it because this guy's on top of everything. He's too smart, too tied in, and too on top of everything to be taken back or surprised at what came out about Usury. I, I, I agree with you on an extent, uh, to an extent to that. There were some things like the, the issue with former Mavs.com writer Earl K. Sneed was involved in a domestic violence dispute. He beat his girlfriend and then a, a few months later was arrested. Uh, they talked to him. Uh, he gave his side of the story. They believed him. They didn't follow up on that. That's a major mistake. That is a major mistake that I don't think would be repeated, uh, especially in, in today's climate. When things like that happen, you have to follow up on on everything, suspend him without pay, whatever it might be. And Mark Cuban admitted today that was a, a terrible mistake, and absolutely it was. Uh, the, the, what struck me as odd is when he, he came out and said, I kept asking our HR director, is there anything going on that I need to know about? Is there anything that, you know, we might not be thinking about? What's going on? Is there anything in today's landscape of life that is bad that we need to get a jump on? And the director of HR, who's since been fired, kept saying no, 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 no. I... Mark Cuban is very tied into everything. Yes, he is dialed in with the players. He travels. Uh, he is obviously a, a very um, emotional and invested owner into the product. But I do think, especially in, a, in a, a company like that, you can't know everything. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on that you just can't possibly know about unless the people who are in place to tell you what's going on, like your director of HR, are informing you of things. So I think there might be, to an extent, some of those things that Cuban did know about, especially with the former president, uh, that he did turn a blind eye to. But I also think there's a lot of that stuff there that he really didn't know about. But it doesn't excuse not taking any action on the other things. I think there is some depth there that he didn't know about. Any way you look at it, though, this is a black eye for the NBA. This is another situation. We've had a few of them in sports over the last couple of years uh, with the Panthers and the Clippers where ownership is not. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Doing their job or turning a blind eye or doing things themselves that are despicable. And those types of things have no place, not just in sport, but in any business environment whatsoever. I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg here. I think um, more stories are going to come out. I think uh, victims are feeling empowered now to share their experiences and to name names. And in the environment of sports, where it's been a male-dominated industry for years, I think we're going to have more situations yeah. like this pop up time and time again. Now, in regards to 
Mark Cuban, and the reason why I think he's just absolutely lying to protect himself right now, well, like with Usury, that's his team president, so they spend a lot of time together on trips, in meetings, in conversation. Well, you know how it is. When you spend enough time around one particular individual, their true colors eventually come out. You know what they think. You know what they say. And my guess is is that Usury, in the same way he would talk to colleagues and people he worked with, he probably shared those things with Cubans. So I just think it's unfortunate. And I think we're just going to have more situations like this, but hopefully they'll be able to clean it up. Because like I've said before, I, I want sports, especially in our industry, in sports radio and broadcasting, we need more qualified females who want to jump in yes. and be a part of the business. Because there's a lot of qualified females out there that would be great in this role, but they view it as a male-dominated industry. Or if they see reports like this, why would they even want to get involved? Absolutely. They've got to clean this crap up. And for Mark Cuban... Um, you know, the NBA has already had issues with him in the past because he's always questioning other owners. Um, so he's, he's on thin ice here. Right. Look, Mark Cuban is not well-liked by the owners. And if you remember a few years ago, before the Ricketts family bought the Cubs, he was trying to buy the Cubs. And he had the best offer, but the MLB owners did not approve it. They did not want Mark Cuban to be in their good old boys club as an owner of a Major League Baseball team. Yeah. He's not the most well-liked guy. I remember in that playoff series, that they, Dallas and Portland in the first round a few years back, I've always thought Cuban was an idiot. He's like standing up, taunting the crowd at Moda Center, and then he can't figure out why he gets hit with an object. It's like, because you're an idiot. You're Mark Cuban in the Moda Center taunting yeah. our fans. Yeah, you're probably going to get hit upside the dome with something, you idiot. Can you imagine Paul Allen doing that in Golden State or anywhere? I just hate guys like Cuban can, you know what? I, he just needs to put an egg in his shoe. I, I hate it when guys come out, smart guys who are like, oh, I had no idea this was going on. I, I'm just, I think it's BS. Yeah. But it's not just that, Travis. He also got hit today with a $600,000 fine for the comments you heard during the update for talking about tanking. And here we are. We, you know, we weren't competing for the playoffs. I was like, look, losing is our best option. You know, Adam would hate, hate <laughs> right, hearing right. that. But I, at least I sat down and I explained it to him. What do you think about the NBA dropping six hundred grand fine on That's, Cuban? That is a hefty fine. It was the, the third largest fine in the history of the league. That is a hefty fine because they don't want teams tanking and they certainly don't want teams acknowledging they're going to tank and look I have no problem with tanking I think tanking is a necessary evil and when you're sitting there uh, with one of eight teams who is separated by three games between the first and the eighth spot in the lottery that matters a whole lot you want to be first you don't want to be eighth tanking matters sometimes it's the only way you can turn your team around it's not a guarantee that you can but tanking is something that I think needs to happen in sports. You just can't tell everybody, yeah, we're going to suck on purpose for a while. I'm with you on that. You can tank, and it's a legitimate plan. There's just some things you can't say. It's bad for business, especially when Commissioner Silver's got to talk to the uh, you know, the executives from the, the television networks yeah. and the different big brands that they have relationships with who are, who are bringing in the big money for these players for the league. If you're going to tank, do it, but don't talk about it. Talk about, hey, we're going to go, we're going to go young. We're going to develop some young players. Don't come out exactly. and say it's best for us to lose. Creativity, Chad, it matters. Because I'll tell you what, are they going to drop prices for the fans once they admit that they're tanking? <laughs> of course not. That's the one thing that's the raw deal there. It's like, wait a second, you want us to pay full price when you already told us you're going to lose games? No. No, I'm, <laughs> going to, I'm going to give you the middle finger on that one. Thanks, Cubes. Chad, the first baseball spring training game is today. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, it's today, believe it or not. What does that do for you? Uh, I love it.
it uh, gives me a tension well, rod. Who's playing in the first? That's uh, just the Diamondbacks playing Arizona State. But you've got baseball with Major League Baseball players playing today. We're going to head down to the Bay Area, catch up with Michael Urban, 95-7 the game, and get a primer on baseball spring training. you got the Rip City Drive. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. 419 on the Rip City Drive. Glad to have you with us here on a Wednesday. We might have some snow outside. That makes us even more want summer to be here, Chad. Well, I know you want baseball to get here fast. I am fired up for baseball season to get here. Calling a college game on Friday. Spring training has already started. You're a Yankee fan. And it's a good year to be a Yankee fan. With that, it is time to head down to 95-7, the game in San Francisco. And joining us now is Michael Urban. Michael, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm great. Hey, we sound good. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little anchor man in there. You know what? When I was on hold waiting for you guys, I thought they like plugged me right in, and I didn't know it was a commercial. It was two dudes talking about like banging their heads against various surfaces, and I'm like, <laughs> I got to get to Portland because I'm part time at ninety five seven. Looking for a full time gig. I'm like, I'm at least better than those dudes. <laughs> very happy to find out it was commercial, and now I'm with seasoned pros. I should have known better. I've worked with Chad before. That's no, it's great. It's great to hear your voice again. You know, Travis wanted to talk some baseball, and I thought, you know what? I, I know one guy that loves baseball as much as you do, Trav, and that's Michael Urban. So we appreciate your time. So, Michael, I want to start. Yeah, no it, problem, man. I want to start in the AL East. We saw the signing the other day of JD Martinez with the Red Sox. They 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 needed that bat in the worst way. So now, with with obviously what the Yankees have done and what the Red Sox have done, where where do you see the hierarchy in the AL East this year? It's it, the Yankees are up top. I mean, JD Martinez obviously the bell of the free agent ball this year. Um, but I don't know. I. I I, I kind of think that, that it was ideal. It was an ideal, or it appeared to be an ideal time for J.D. Martinez, but that was before collusion clearly started happening. Sure. Uh, but I think sure. I, I think that's as good as J.D. Martinez is ever going to get last year, and I think ultimately because he has set the bar so high for himself and being the bell of the ball means that you're supposed to be – a guy who can put a team on your back, and I just don't think J.D. can do that for more than a couple of weeks at a time, whereas that Yankee lineup as a whole, they don't necessarily need anybody to do that, but they got a couple, three guys who definitely can. Sure. And so I, I think the Yankees are number one with a bullet right now. You know, with the Red Sox, uh, we I saw the story a couple weeks ago or last week that Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts both talked about the tension in the clubhouse, and we've seen it with the Red Sox before over the years. How much of an issue do you think that is with them? Well, it's, it's a big issue because, you know, the, the reason we love this time of year is because it's all happy, happy, joy, joy, right? I yeah. mean, it's uh, hope, hope springs eternal, and and all those cliches, but cliches exist because they're rooted in truth, and rare is the spring training clubhouse um, that chemistry issues come from this early. And, and when they come 
this early, uh, there's fire with that smoke, and it it's uh, it's got to be a concern for Red Sox management and fans. Hey, Michael, you know, especially for the fans here in Portland that would like to see baseball in town at some point, uh, we always look to the Oakland A's. So give us the latest on the relationship between the A's and the city of Oakland, and what do you see the future hold for the A's and that city? I think they're going to stay in Oakland. I mean, they, they their whole new hashtag, and it started last year, was rooted in Oakland. They had they went from Lou Wolf, who was basically flipping the bird to Oakland the entire time he was there. You know, uh, he has uh, he's a real estate guy. He owned a lot of property in San Jose, and he was like laser focused on that, like dismissing Oakland as an option at all. And then they brought in this guy Dave Cavill who, uh, you know, different level, but he got a lot of things done for the pro soccer team down here. Got a stadium built, and um, A's fans here, they hear, oh, this dude got a stadium built. And one of the things I love about A's fans is that they are almost ridiculously optimistic. It's a very small fan base, but probably the best in the league, in my opinion. And I don't think it's just talk. I think they – they are wanting to live up to rooted in Oakland, and I, and I think somehow they'll get it done and stay in Oakland. But I would love to see baseball in Portland too. I think Portland sports fans are awesome, man. I mean, the way um, you know, I've been up there a couple of times uh, to see the Blazers, and this is when they were the Jail Blazers, and there's like a crazy amount of loyalty there. Um, so I I hope they get a team somehow. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen with a move north by the A's. Michael Urban is with us, 95-7 the game in San Francisco here on the Rip City Drive. You know, with the, the Brandon Drury trade yesterday, I guess that means the Yankees aren't going to go after Mike Moustakis. So with him, is, I, actually, there's still a bunch of free agents still left out there, but w- what do you think happens with Moustakis and some of the other free agents that are available still? Well, first off, I mean, how crazy is it that there's so many – it's unbelievable. There's now a camp. There's a camp for those guys, man. Um, it, it's like, oh, don't have a team. It's it's like camp collusion, you know. Right. Come work out. Come, you know, get loose here. Get ready for the season because sooner or later, teams are going to need bodies, and there's a lot of serviceable bodies, more than serviceable bodies, that that don't have contracts. Um, I don't know. Like Mike Mustakis, is he is he a needle mover? I don't know. Um, again, I think he probably felt like given, um, the, the paucity of premier talent on the market this year, put him in probably a a really optimistic mindset as it, as it refers to a new contract, you know, take advantage of it because next year you're going to have quite a bit more attractive, um, you know, class of free agents. And I I don't know, um, whoever gets Moustakis, you know, it, Mustakis is a nice player, but like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't think he necessarily moves the needle. Um, did he sign with somebody today? Did I miss something? No, no, not yet. He was wanting to sign with okay, the Yankees. Yeah. So I mean, whoever gets him gets a nice player, but if they're if they're looking for you know a bell cow, he, he's not it. He's in my opinion, he's just a pretty good player. He's a really good clubhouse guy, great teammate. Um, he'll help the teams chemistry maybe the Red Sox should go after him but um I I just don't think he's I don't think he's a premium talent but he 
in a normal year would have gotten paid like a premium talent again because there's just not that many big fish in the pond. Hey, Michael, what's your take on the rule change that will only allow six mound visits uh, per game in, in, in hopes to speed up the game? You know, I, I just – anything designed to speed up the game kind of aggravates me <laughs> because I really don't think cutting 10 minutes off the time of an average game is going to all of a sudden lure, you know, 16-year-olds with – zero attention span thanks to our you know our internet culture um it's just uh, in the in the mound visits that that that's uh being limited i mean does that mean if the third baseman just wants to jog over for a sec and say hey dude deep breath relax we got this is that a mound visit i mean according to this it is yeah see that stinks man that's a part of baseball um like, when I played, I played in, in college at University of San Francisco, and, man, my third baseman was one of my best friends, and he friggin' lived on my mound, you know? And we would have exhausted our, our mound visits by the fourth inning. So I, I think they need to make, you know, it, it needs to be more of, like, a pigeon coach or a manager or a catcher. I don't think an infielder should be – a mound visit, I, and again, I think it's just, it's silly. Either you love baseball or you don't, and if you love baseball, you go to the game understanding, I might be here for three and a half hours, or if it's, you know, circa, you know, 2005 and Mark Burley against Mark Mulder, I might be out of here in two hours, or have to wait two hours after the game for the fireworks to start. It's just Either you love it or you don't. Either you're going to stick around or you won't. I think shaving 10 minutes is um, – I, I don't think it's the right way to address the concerns that baseball has about a generation missing the boat, so to speak. Hey, Michael, what are your thoughts on the Giants and what they're able to do to go out and uh, upgrade the outfield with Evan Longoria, Andrew McCutcheon, and Austin Jackson? I, I really like what they've done. I mean, they – Picking up Longoria, you know, everyone's talking about how many over 30 guys they have. Well, most of them are between 30 and 32 in kind of the generally accepted convention for guys' primes in in big-time sports is 28 to 32. And, you know, a 32-year-old, yeah, they may have lost a half a step and – I don't know their launch angle or whatever the hell we're talking about these days, you know – I think that is augmented by the wisdom and knowledge they've picked up at that point of their career. So I think in the case of, in particular, Longoria and McCutcheon, um, I think they still have the potential to go bananas and be all-stars and MVP candidates. You know, Kutch isn't all that far removed from his uh, MVP season, and he had a... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. 
Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Nice year last year. I really like what they did, and there was nowhere, you know, you can't fall from the ground, and that's where they were last year offensively. They're not going to, you know, pummel people anymore, but the uh, middle of the order that has Buster Posey, Evan Longoria, and Andrew McCutcheon in it is, is, you know, formidable, formidable. and I I think Austin Jackson is, you know, he's all right. I I think their ideal situation would be – this Duger kid, uh, or Duggar, however you pronounce his name, I've, I've heard like three different versions of it. But if he can handle the bat at the big league level, everybody acknowledges he's ready defensively in center field. Uh, Austin Jackson can, can do it if he needs to. That's a decent little pickup. But ideally, I think they'd look for a platoon there and be happy with it if Duggar is part of it. Um, they've improved quite a bit. They have reason for optimism. You know, Michael, I got to ask you about the Nationals because this team has just so much talent on the mound, at the plate. I mean, just they, they have an unbelievable amount of talent. Their bullpen, obviously, for a long time was a mess, but it seems like they have that figured out with Doolittle. Bryce Harper is going to be a free agent. It, 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 I, I guess I, I, it, it's hard for me to look at them and say that they have no chance because they just can't ever win a playoff series, and I'm not going to trust that they're going to. But what, what is a fair right. expectation? Is it World Series or bust and Bryce Harper moves, or, or what is it? I don't know if it's World Series or bust, but it's getting out of the first round or bust, and especially as it refers, uh, as it applies to Bryce's future in Washington. I mean, if they either don't make the playoffs or or even make it and don't get out of the first round, I think he'll bounce. I think his his patience will be up. But if they get out of that first round and, and maybe get to the LCS, I think it's LCS or bust in terms of keeping Bryce. Uh, if they don't get there, he's going to say, look, I've, I've done all I can do. Uh, there's something, there's a bigger issue that ails this franchise than I can fix. So let me look around at uh, a place where I can go and pretty much be guaranteed to, well, guaranteed is a little strong because baseball squirrely, as you know, but um, reasonable to expect that you'll be in the playoffs at the very least a contender. And there's a number of places that will be able to, to give Bryce that assurance as well as a boatload of money, the New York Yankees being at the top of that list. Um, it is puzzling, though. The, the, the Nationals, it's weird. I, I think they made a colossal mistake in severing ties with Dusty. I mean, did they improve? No, they didn't. And it wasn't Dusty's fault. Yeah, he has his fault as a manager, but I, I'm sure you guys agree with me, at least in part, no matter what sport it is, when you're the top dog, uh, whether it's manager, head coach, whatever you want to call it, it's about professional babysitting, so to speak. It's yeah. about handling personalities. And you particularly have to be able to handle the big personality, the big talent with a big personality, the Barry Bonds, the Ken Griffey Jr., the the Bryce Harper, and Dusty's very, very good at that. Maybe one of the best of this generation, and I, 
I just think it was a mistake to let him go. Whatever he might lack in um, managing a game, in particular a bullpen, and maybe pushing pitchers a little bit too hard, but he's a bright guy. I think he learns from his mistakes, and I don't think he mishandled the, the national staff egregiously while he was there. And um, I, I think they took a step backwards in the dugout. Michael Urban is our guest, 95-7 the game in San Francisco on Twitter. You can find him at Big Herb Sports. Michael, I really enjoyed talking baseball with you, man. we got to do it again sometime. Thank you. Dude, thanks, man. You're good people, Michael. Yeah, yeah man. I appreciate you very much, Chad. And you guys can call me anytime, man, and uh, I will return serve. I, I've got a baseball show myself on Saturdays, always looking for like-minded, like-passioned individuals and Hope that we can make this a reciprocal thing, man. I enjoyed Absolutely. it as well. You got it. All right. Appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation with him, and I'm just fired up for baseball to start. And I just, I, I'll never understand the Nationals with just so much talent. It's disgusting how much talent they have, and they've never won a playoff series. It's unbelievable. Well, I know you felt burned this past year because you were convinced going yeah. into the playoffs that hey, because I kept telling you, I said, Trav. This team never gets over in the playoffs. Why should we believe it now? And you said, look, they, had they, a bullpen. they invested in bullpen, yep. and they'll get it done, and, and that wasn't even the case. Another team that's trying to invest a lot of money is the New York Jets, and the report yesterday was five years, $150 million guaranteed for Kirk Cousins, Chad. And this could set a very dangerous precedent for general managers and owners if they do indeed guarantee the money for Kirk Cousins, and also puts a ton of pressure on him. Well, I want to ask you this. I, I, you know, I was thinking about this last night because we talked about Kirk yesterday, and, and I've been thinking about Kirk a lot because I know the Broncos are going to be in play on him. But one thing that they don't have in football that they have in baseball is they, they, they do not have guaranteed contracts in the NFL. Right. They, they just don't. And we got this report yesterday that the Jets appear to be willing to offer Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract to separate themselves from the Broncos and Vikings, the other two teams with, with big interest. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, we're talking about a guaranteed contract that's going to be upwards $140 plus million dollars, which could include $60 million in the first year of the deal. Yes. So here's the issue with this now. This is no longer just about Kirk Cousins and where he wants to spend the rest of his football career, Trav. This is about the NFL Players Association and every player around the league after Kirk Cousins is going to be signing a new deal, who won an opportunity at guaranteed money? I, I'm on the player's side when it comes to this kind of stuff. Football players are always at risk of being hurt. One more, The next play could be their very last play. I, I think it's crazy that they, that they don't get more guaranteed money. I just wonder, how much pressure, Trav, is the Players Association and other players, colleagues of Cousins, going to place on him whether directly or indirectly, when it comes to this contract. Because if the Jets come out to him and say, Kirk, we want you, we're going to give you 140 guaranteed, 140 mil guaranteed. Yeah. Because what that means is if he signs it, everybody else after Kirk Cousins is going to say, all right, I want guaranteed money right. because that, he got that. That's exactly what it is. It sets a precedent. All it takes is one, right? Big Nobody's deal. signing any guaranteed contracts in the NFL right now because it just doesn't happen, and that precedent hasn't been set yet. But if you do set that precedent... And Kirk Cousins, he doesn't just sign a guaranteed contract. He signs a monster guaranteed contract for $150 million, or about $30 million a year, $60 million in year one. 
when Aaron Rodgers, when Matt Ryan, those guys are coming up on their free agency very shortly. They're going to look to Kirk Cousins and say, dude just got $150 million guaranteed. I'm a whole lot better than him. I played in the Super Bowl. I won a Super Bowl. You've got to give me the same kind of thing. Or in another situation, well, this isn't going to cause a domino effect. Let's just take your Broncos, for example, right? And yeah. I'm making up a scenario here. Let's say they feel like they are one cornerback away from being the favorites to win the Super Bowl for the next three years. Yeah. And they desperately need that because they have a giant hole and there is one guy available. Again, sake of argument, let's just say Richard Sherman. Okay, And they're in negotiations, but he's also talking to four other teams. Well, they could go in and say, um, yeah, come here. We will guarantee you the money, the whole contract. And then, of course, he's going to sign and say, well, duh, I'm going to go there. It's going to set off a series of moves to where five years from now, you're going to see a lot more guaranteed contracts. And agents are going to love it, but GMs and owners aren't. Can you imagine the pressure if Kirk Cousins goes to New York and plays for the Jets on a fully guaranteed deal at around 140 mil? Think about the in pressure he'd be putting under, on, onto himself in that scenario. It's unbelievable. But you, have you ever been in a situation where there are sometimes we face these decisions in life where it's not just about you? Because on one hand, he's got a chance to open a doorway for players into yeah. the future, which is huge. That changes the game. It really does. But then he also, at the same time, will place himself in a situation where the expectations with the Jets would be off the charts. Watershed moment if it happens. It is a major, major storyline. What would you do there? I take the money and I go sign with the Jets. It's 150 million guaranteed. And regardless of the outcome there, you become a hero to the rest of your your colleagues in the NFL. Forever. That's huge. Yep. Coming up next, why Team USA last night was a major embarrassment. You get the Rip City Drive. We've all thrown down a couple of bucks on a game, right? Uh, you know, win some, lose some. But Travis and Chad take it a step further. You got a Hawaii game. And it's generates fun in the Hawaii game. It's time for the Degenerate Dime of the Day on the Rip City Drive. Brought to you by DPI Solar. Imagine if you never had to pay an electricity bill again. Visit dpisolar.com. Chad, I've been doing the Degenerate Dime on this show for two and a half years, and I've been doing it with you on this show for almost a year, and I'm in the worst stretch that I've ever had. This is a rough stretch for me right now. Yeah, that's uh, picking winners and losers. You're going to go through a rough stretch. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh, I told you yesterday, I took um, Missouri over Ole Miss, right? Ole Miss had lost seven in a row and nine of their last ten, and I said, watch, they're going to win tonight. Uh, they did, and I lost that one. And you know what it is? When you go through a losing streak, it's kind of like my love life. No matter what I do, I'm going to pick a loser. It's just how it goes. It's yeah. like no matter what you do, opposition theory, flipping a coin, whatever, I just know it's going to go the wrong direction. What do you get tonight? Well, I'm going to take the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. They're playing at home. They're getting four points. I like them plus the four against Texas Tech. Uh, I got that on the other side at three, so I'm going to take Texas Tech minus three at Oklahoma State tonight. Why did you take that game? The Cowboys are still in a position where they can make a push for a tournament seed. They've played well at home. They're good defensively, so I think they've got a chance to win that game. Wait, wait so you think Oklahoma State, who is uh, – let's see, what are they in uh... – they are 5-9 and nine in Big 12 play, and you're looking at them to be in the tournament, but Oklahoma, who is, what are they, uh, one game under 500? I didn't say Oklahoma State was going to be in the tournament. Okay. I said that okay. they're still in a position where they can play their way in. Gotcha. They're both garbage. Oklahoma, <laughs> I told you, I don't know why you bring them the Sooners up every day 
and then I bring them up and I get irritated. They're an embarrassment. And here's what really irritates me. They've got the best player, the most exciting player in Trey Young to watch in the country. And this nosedive is got them on the verge now of missing the tournament. Yeah. They just don't have anything else to go with him. Uh, Texas Tech is up by four late in the first half, so that could still go either way. Listener Dave tonight is going to take the Dukies minus 11 at Louisville. Yeah, and the other reason why I took Oklahoma State is because if picking winners and losers was just as easy as saying, oh, Texas Tech, minus three, they're a great team on the road. I mean, you know how it is. It's like these games are hard to yeah. predict. They're just kids. How are they going to show up? Are they motivated? What's on their minds tonight? I mean, who knows? Speaking of disappointments and train wrecks and kids and things that are hard to predict, last night I was watching the quarterfinal of Team USA. You told me it was a total embarrassment. It was a total embarrassment. How it, so? First of all, it was just bad hockey, right? So they, they get down 2-1. They score a shorthanded goal in the second period to tie it up at 2. They go into the third period, and they're missing shots, and they're missing open nets. I think they only had 20 shots on goal for the entire game, including the overtime period. Down the stretch, they hit a post. They had so many scoring chances. The, the puck was in the, the check zone for most of the, the last 10 minutes of the game, and they get a power play with a minute 20 left. And you know they're gassed because they played the night before. The Czech Republic didn't. They don't score, okay? So they go into the overtime period, and the overtime is four on four. Well, they've got a power play, so it's a four on three. And for the entire duration of that 40 seconds left in the power play on the four on three, they had it in the check zone. And they're just passing it back and forth, trying to set things up. They didn't take a single shot on goal in that 40 seconds of four on three hockey. Hmm. That's embarrassing. And then they go through the rest of the overtime period. They hit another post, whatever. So now they go to a shootout. So here they are in a shootout with a chance to move on uh, to the quarterfinals. Or I'm sorry, to the semifinals, to the medal round. And they go 0 for 5. The Czechs scored one goal. So all they had to do was score one out of five times to force a sixth shot or two out of five to win. They couldn't score. They were 0 for 5 on the freaking uh, shootout. You couldn't get one goal on a shootout. 0 for 5. If you go 0 for 5 on a shootout, you have no business winning that game. It was well, embarrassing. The, the thing I'm definitely with you on is why don't we have the best of the best out there playing? I mean, seriously. Well, the, they're our best players out there. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's what's happened in the last several Olympics. The NHL would take a two-week break. Yes. And then they would send over the best players. I don't know the reason. They decided not to do that this year. The NHL wasn't going to take the break. Uh, I don't know if players still have the option to do that or not. I can't imagine the NBA taking a two-week break if the Olympics were during the NBA season. Well, I just can't take it seriously. If we're not going to send our best, then I just don't care. I want the best. It's kind of like... Before we start sending our NBA players over, I've got no time for that. If we're going to throw out our amateurs or younger guys who aren't as good as our best, I don't yeah. want to see it. Well, look, it, it was still it, it was still entertaining. Uh, I, I love Olympic hockey. I love the players fighting for their country. Uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll watch some of the the junior hockey stuff, the under nineteen teams. Yeah. If, if you're watching something that's like if you if if there was an under nineteen Team USA team playing in a world championship. Would you watch it? Yeah, I would check it out. Even though it's not the best of the best. 
Yeah, because I like watching youngsters compete, yes. Well, that's basically what the Olympics is right now. Yeah, it's youngsters competing with a couple of old guys like Brian Gianta. I don't like watching the USA get beat. It drives me crazy. So I have to watch and see these other countries celebrate. I don't like it because yeah. I know if we had our best players out there, we'd kick their ass. Well, a lot of other teams are in the same boat there. You know, the Czech Republic has their players in the NHL that they're not sending over. So everybody is is kind of in the same boat because you don't have the NHL players playing for anybody, not just for Team USA. That's true, but certain countries have a... You know, their their youth are driven to play different sports. You know, I mean, are we sending our best of our best, our youngsters out there to play hockey as much well, no, as our he, baseball, and, football, basketball? And, and Canada is going to be better than us anyway. Always, because that's, you know, they're, they're born on that. They grow up playing on a lot of... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Those small towns, they you know they they have a rink in their backyard. Yeah, they will flood their backyard on purpose. Yeah, and and make a rink out of it. That's amazing. I always wanted to do that. I did play. I mean, I played pickup hockey in Colorado. I, we'd go out to Evergreen Lake every winter, and you 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 bought a little uh, you know skate lift ticket for like three bucks, and we'd yeah. be out there on the lake in the cold. I mean, pickup hockey, no mask, no nothing, and we just get after it. It yeah. was fun. My uh, my buddy Bob had a uh, a pond at his house. It was a pretty good sized pond, so we would always go play pickup hockey over there. And his his uh, his dad uh, had this PVC net. My dad actually made me a PVC net because oh, awesome. I I uh, I bought like this this cheap one, and I hit the post with a slap shot with a puck, and it shattered, it shattered it. it. So my dad went to Home Depot and bought like really heavy duty PVC pipe and mm. made me this awesome net. That's that cool. thing did not shatter. That's cool. My dad never made me that. My brother and I did talk him into making us a quarter pipe back in our skating days. Oh, yeah. So we had the quarter pipe that we'd take over to, what is that guy's name? Was it was it Will? The guy that had the half pipe. And then we'd do half pipe, quarter pipe, we'd do it all. But And, and we never had the uh, the goal on the, the, I mean, we just set up cones. Yeah. And then that skate, the, the puck, if it got, you know, sometimes it'd get loose and you'd lose it out in the middle of the lake. <laughs> it'd be way out there because they had, they had certain areas that were kind of roped off like, you can skate here, right? You can skate here, but do not skate over here. Meaning, if you, you will go die. out there, you might die. Exactly. Coming up next, we've got a plan for you of how the Blazers can compete for an well, NBA championship. Really, it's a plan for me, so I don't go off myself. And I thank you, Travis, because I'm on board. It is a great plan, and I can't wait till you unveil it to the masses out there in Rip City. We'll share it next on the Rip City Drive. Now, from the Goldberg Jones Sports Desk, your NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio headlines. Goldberg Jones, call 1-800-DIVORCE. And what's up, Portland? 5 o'clock. 
Well, the NBA is about to resume. It will kick off tomorrow. Blazers will be in action on Friday in Utah to meet the Jazz. Tip-off at 6. I'll have warm-up for you at 4 here on NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. Elsewhere in the NBA, Mark Cuban finds 600 Gur for saying this. And here we are. We, you know, we weren't competing for the playoffs. I was like, look, losing is our best option. You know, Adam would hate hearing right, right. that. But I, at least I sat down and I explained it to him. Uh, Cuban also under fire following an SI investigative piece which uncovered a hostile work environment involving the Mavs and former president Terdima Usuri. College Hoops Top 25, fourth-ranked Xavier at Georgetown. They've got an eight-point lead, eight minutes to go at the half. Number one, Virginia, a one-point lead over Georgia Tech. Number six, Texas Tech, up 35-34 at Oklahoma State at the break. Number 10, North Carolina, a nine-point lead at Syracuse at halftime. Also at halftime, 15th-ranked Clemson trails by one at Virginia Tech. Your home of the Blazers is NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. It's time for for the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Chad. On your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. Travis had dropped a plan on me today involving the Blazers that it brought some peace to my heart. We're going to give that, that to you in just a moment. We were just talking about Howie Mandel. We've got to yeah. have him on the show. He's going to be in town. And that brought up a, a conversation we had about game shows. So you're a Jer- Jeopardy guy. You've been watching that since you were young? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeopardy's my favorite game show for sure. Yeah, I, I, I like Jeopardy a lot. I just hate the arrogance that comes from Alex Trebek. But you know what I've been doing? It's funny you brought up the game show because last night, the last couple of nights, I've been pulling up old episodes of Sale of the Century on YouTube and just watching Really? And because I like that game show, I'm just a big game show fan. And so big fan of Howie Mandel. I enjoy Deal or No Deal. I just, I like him. I, I liked him when I was a kid. Obviously, uh, Price is Right. And I still like him when I'm older. My wife sometimes uh, and I were like a 60-year-old couple because she will, uh, if, we're, if there's no like sporting event on or something that I want to yeah. watch, uh, while we're eating dinner, I want to watch Jeopardy. And then she wants to watch Wheel of Fortune. So we'll watch those back to back like uh, a 60 year old couple. Now, who was it you're telling me? So, Pat Sajak, who did he take over four years ago? He took over for Chuck Woolery in 1981 as the host of the Wheel of Fortune. Vanna White uh, still looks pretty darn good yeah. at her age. They've been doing She's that a long time. Something. What a gig that is to go from like, what was he, like a weatherman, Sajak? Uh, he was, uh, he like, was a, local like a radio dweeb? host and local news anchor. Yeah. yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, Big time cash. I'm How doing much Wheel money of Fortune you think for he's years. making? Great, great gig. Vanna, right. Vanna just turned 61 wow. a couple days ago. Like a fine wine. She's aged well. That's she cool. has aged well. What a great gig. Surgery will do that for you. Is that what it is? Um, it's got to be. Come on. Well, it, whoever, obviously, they. <laughs> that's why I don't understand. How can Vanna get surgery and look like that? And then Kenny Rogers does it and looks like a totally different guy. Or like Jerry Jones. It's like you get surgery and like Sammy an old Sosa? grill. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Was that what it was with Sammy? No, I think he did that like pigment stuff that creepy. Michael Jackson did. Just well, terrible. That's really creepy. All right, you can reach out to Travis and I here on the Rip City Drive at the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line 885-28-885-28. So I've got to tell you this went down today. So yesterday we got into a, a very, like most discussions with me, because I'm crazy. I got passionate. I, got, I had a lot of anxiety about, you know, uh, Damian Lillard. Travis and I were talking about this yesterday because my biggest fear is this. And Travis, you know this. He had the meeting with Paul. What are the Blazers going to be able to do to keep him content so he doesn't look to force his sure. way out before his time is up in Portland? Because at the end of the day, this year, and especially over the All-Star weekend and what Dame's done of late, I realize that he is a superstar. We're very fortunate to have a player of that caliber. I don't want him to leave like LaMarcus or like guys have done in other towns. I want him to be here for the duration of his career. And so I was like, what's the plan? 
We didn't get the plan from Neil Olshay when he spoke to the Godfather. What can they say to him to keep him patient sure. to give the Blazers time to put the players around him to make a run at a championship? And you, you came in with a smile. You sat down, and you're like, I've got a plan, and then you laid it out. So why don't you give it to me? Well, look, I, I want to clarify a couple of things with this plan because we talked about it earlier, and this is not what I think exactly is going to happen. I talked about some free agents' names. These were not the – these are the guys the Blazers have to get. It wasn't anything. These are um, best-case scenarios. They're things that could happen, but this is really – if we're talking about winning a championship, not just getting to the second round, not just getting to the conference finals, if you're trying to win a championship. Which is which is when I talk, and the reason why I'm crazy about the Blazers, everything I look through is, is through that lens, winning right. a championship. If we're talking about winning a championship, this is the only way that I can see building a championship team. Because... You're not going to trade anything you have right now for a superstar player. You might be able to trade C.J. McCollum for an all-star, but at that point you still only have two stars and you're not winning a championship that way, right? If you trade C.J. McCollum and you get Anthony Davis back, you're a better team, but you're not winning a championship. You're not beating Golden State. You're not beating Houston. You might be a 55-win team, but you're not an NBA championship team. You need multiple players. Right. Who and can play picks. at a high level to be able to go out right. and get the job done. So you're not going to be able to acquire a big-time player through a trade. Unless you trade away CJ, and again, you are not going to be able to win a championship that That would way. defeat the purpose. Right. I agree with that. So that's not going to happen. We got a, a text earlier that says, Sounds like a Blazers pipe dream. I'm on board with the idea, but it's wishful thinking. Build in the draft, keep the stars for two contracts, and say goodbye. Sad but true nature of the Blazer beast. Well, yeah, build through the draft. But you're not going to be able to draft a championship team with where the Blazers are going to be picking. You're not going to, more likely than not, because it happens. Look where Draymond Green was drafted. Look where Kawhi Leonard was drafted. More likely than not, you are, are, you're not going to draft an MVP candidate where you are picking, which will be somewhere around 18 or so for the Blazers, right? So you can't add that next piece through the draft unless you get supremely lucky. Look where the Jazz got Donovan Mitchell at 13. They got supremely lucky that a lot of teams, including the Blazers, passed on him, right? So the only way that you are going to be able to add this player, whoever it is, is in free agency. It's not happening this year because you don't have any money. It's not happening next year because you don't have any money. 2020 is the first year that the Blazers could potentially have enough money to sign a max contract guy. That's the first time. And Portland could be attractive because you have Damian and CJ together and cap space. Not just to sign a max contract guy, but to sign a very good quality role player slash starter type for 10 or $12 million in addition to Damian, CJ, and whoever you sign with a max contract guy. And if Zach Collins is supposed to be what the Blazers think he is, by that time, he's going to be pretty darn close to that entering year four. And if he's ever going to be that guy, we will know it by then. All right, so I like your plan. And I think this is a message that you can take to Dame to give him some confidence that you have a plan in place to be able to put them in a position where they can go out and contend. Sure. So what you have to do, though, Chad, is Neil Shea, or if he's not here for much longer, whoever the general manager is, can't panic. Right, You can't go out and say, well, we need to be a little bit better this year or next year and sign somebody to a four-year deal for $15 million a year or $10 million a year. If they sign Shabazz Napier 
for, let's just say, four years, $40 million, that's a pretty good deal for Shabazz Napier, right? Yes. Right? That doesn't work for this team, though, if you're trying to keep your cap space open for 2020, because with Damian and CJ combined to make $60 million in the 2020-2021 season, you can't have any really big contracts outside of that. You'll have Zach Collins under a team option for $5.5 million, whatever Nurk is making if, if the deal's uh, you know, long enough, $8, 9000000 million, whatever it is. But if you have anybody else making significant money, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to sign that max contract guy. And that's what it all is, is trying to free up the cap space to sign that guy. Kawhi Leonard will be available. He's got a player option the year before. Again, we don't know what his health is going to be like. Draymond Green will be a free agent in the summer of 2020. Well, why would Draymond Green sign in Portland? Nobody wants to come to Portland. Players want to go play with winners. And the other teams that are going to have that money most likely are not going to be able to offer them a chance to win something like the Blazers do. It's going to be teams like Phoenix, teams like Brooklyn, and would you rather go play there or play in Portland with Damian and CJ? Rather go to one of those places and be the guy and be the only guy or play with Damian and CJ? That's why Portland has not been able to attract big-time free agents because they haven't been that team that has that opportunity of winning with the cap space at the same time. And Draymond will be in a different stage of his career yeah. at that point because he'll have four titles more than likely with the Warriors. He will have played on the superstar team. He'll want a more prominent role, and he'll want to get paid. So I, I definitely think that they would be open to that type of player. And yeah. really, of the guys you brought up who will be free agents, and the list is long. There's going to be a lot of talent out there yeah. in 2020. Tristan Thompson, you know, he might be that guy at 10 or $12 million. I'm not saying he's the max contract guy. I'm saying he's the other role player slash starter that you could bring in. Yeah, I don't care about him. I care about the two names that you dropped on me, Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green, because those are the type of players. When I think about what the Blazers need in order to be able to win with Damon CJ, it's that type of player, a multidimensional player who can shoot the three, defend and bring toughness and do a variety of different things on the floor. And both those guys in Kawhi and Draymond could do that. You're, they're unique players in the NBA. Yeah, they absolutely are. And you need a two-way guy on this team. If you add Draymond Green or Kawhi Leonard to Damian and CJ and Zach Collins, if he does turn into what we think he could turn into, and we're talking about three years from now. Or what Neil O'Shea thinks he's going to be. Right. Is that a team that can contend for the West? I like it because what you're telling me right now is, look, no matter what you do today, you're not going to be able to beat the Warriors. So be patient, meaning don't go out and sign more bad deals yeah. or bad trades like we got with Evan Turner and Myers Leonard. And then look towards the summer of 2020 when those three bad contracts come off the books. You've got Dame, you've got CJ, you've got Zach Collins, and you've got the money to be able to bring those guys right. in. And again, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying it's Neil O'Shea's plan. I'm not saying everything is going to work out. I'm saying, in my opinion, this is the only way to build a championship team in Portland because you can't get that guy via trade. You can't get that guy in the draft. You've got to do it in free agency. This is how you do it in free agency. Well, I like this plan better than Neil O'Shea's plan, which, as he said, was to get to the playoffs the last four years in a row with two trips to the second round. I don't know what that does for 2020. I like it, and I love Draymond, and I love Kawhi Leonard. Well, we're going to talk some college hoop because the tournament's right around the corner, and this guy knows the Pac-12 and the rest of the country inside and out. Roxy Bernstein is up next here on the Rip City Drive. (music) 
iHeartRadio, all your favorite music, all your favorite stations, all free. This one app, hey, it keeps you connected with all the music that you love, including the biggest new releases. And iHeartRadio is the only music app that also gives you your favorite radio stations. Open the iHeartRadio app. You pick a song, a playlist, an artist, or a station and tap play. Download or open the free iHeartRadio app today. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. You are looking live in the cavern of Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon. Travis and Chad on NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. 519 on the Rip City Drive. Roxy Bernstein is going to join us coming up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, He calls college basketball, college football for, I don't know, nine different networks. He's calling games. Seems like a different night for for somebody. He does baseball on 95.7 The Game down in the Bay Area. He is uh, a broadcast extraordinaire. He is one of the best in the biz for sure, so we caught up with him in a couple of minutes. But I want to go back to – what we were talking about there a minute ago, Chad, with the with the Blazers and this potential uh, plan, right, for 2020. Yeah, lay it out in, in, a, in a short form fashion from step one to whatever the final step is to why 2020 yeah. and being patient, being patient and waiting till that time is the right play to keep Dame in a Blazer right. uniform. And, and the people who need to stay patient are Neil Olshay and Damian Lillard. Obviously, fans don't want to hear the word. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Patience. They've been told that for a long time. They're sick of being patient. They're sick of hearing that. No fan wants to say, well, we, we've been patient for so long. How? Why do we need to be patient? I'm sick of being patient. Let's go win. It needs to be Damian Lillard and Neil O'Shea who are the patient ones. And the reason why 2020 And is, Paul Allen, too, to and, an extent. Yes, Paul Allen, too. But the reason why 2020 is because basically everybody other than Damian, CJ, Zach Collins, and Caleb Swanigan, their contracts are off the books that summer. Yes, and those are the contracts that we do not believe they're going to be able to move between now and that summer of 2020. And I don't want to move those contracts because while it might help you out for next year, you're not going to have that salary cap space in 2020. And while you might be able to trade for a decent player for that cap space, you're not going to be able to trade for an all-star or a great player by trading somebody a first-round pick with Evan Turner's expiring deal and Myers Leonard's expiring deal. You're not going to get that. So you will get a greater player back in the summer of 2020 via free agency. You have a better chance, I should say, of getting that all-star or superstar-type player than you do if you trade Evan Turner and Myers Leonard with a first-round pick in the summer of 2019. 
if you're looking at you know the the best opportunity, yeah, you you could certainly be better now if you traded or be better next year if you traded Evan Turner's contract. But in the big picture, if you hold on to them until they expire, you're going to have a boatload of cap space in 2020 and an opportunity to sign a max contract guy. All right, so if you need to fill out the roster over the next couple of years before the summer of 2020, you can sign guys on short-term deals for less money to make sure that you keep yourself in a position to have that extra cap space in the summer of 2020. So basically, when you say be patient, that means – don't sign any more bad deals like the Harkless, Turner, or Myers-Leonard contracts no. between now and then. Look, what the Lakers did with Contavious Caldwell-Pope the one year, was it $13 million or I $15 think it was more like one year and about 20-plus. Okay, well, whatever it was, it was one year because they knew next year they're going to have a lot of salary cap space. So why lock in a guy for two or three or four years when you know that you're going to have that salary cap space and why burn that salary cap space right now it just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense so if you look at the, the the big picture well the best case scenario in terms of trying to win a championship and the only way in my opinion that they can get their team in the next couple of years close to winning a championship is wait till the summer of 2020 when Damian and CJ are going into their final years of their deal don't sign anybody else don't re-sign Shabazz Napier to a four-year deal don't sign Yusuf Nurkic to a five-year deal. If you can set, uh, sign him for two with an option for a third year at a team-friendly deal, okay, now we're talking. But you want to make sure that you have Damian and CJ. And you hope that Zach Collins is developing into whatever it is he's supposed to develop into and a lot of cap space. If you have those four things, Damian, CJ, a developed Zach Collins in a couple of years, and a lot of cap space, that's the only way. There is no other way, in my opinion, that you're going to get either that third all-star or superstar type of guy. All right, I like this because the reality is the next two years, who's going to win the championship? Not the Blazers. It's going to be the Warriors. And there's nothing anyone can do to dethrone the Warriors for the next two years. But in that summer of 2020, the Warriors are not going to be the same team then that they are today because Clay Thompson likely will be gone. That's when Draymond Green will become a free yeah. agent. Plus... Kevin Durant's going to be older. Uh, You're going to have other stars around the NBA in LeBron James and so forth getting older, Chris Paul. So there's going to be a window of opportunity there for the Blazers to jump, to leap other teams in the Western Conference and make a move. Now, the only downside to that summer, Trav, is that with the Blazers have that salary cap space to go out and add more players, a Draymond or a Kawhi, like the two guys I would love to have, one or or the other, you're going to have a lot of other teams with cap space as well. Right. now. Uh, desirable destinations in the NBA. Right, but do those desirable destinations give those players a chance to win? I don't know because I don't really know who those teams are, who those teams are going to be that have salary cap space. I'm just pulling it up right now for 2020. And again, there are a lot of teams that have a lot of things to figure out. You're looking at maybe half the league right now that will have salary cap space. But of those places, how many of those places will have stars on the team? Is it going to be a team like Phoenix who doesn't have any stars on the team, and you're asking Draymond Green or Kawhi Leonard or Klay Thompson, whoever it is, to be the guy and be the only guy? Or are you asking that player to come in where you've got a couple of established all-stars already like you do here in Portland? Well, I always look at the usual spots where free agents tend to gravitate towards. Houston, the Bay Area, 
L.A. I mean, those are yeah. usually the spots. That's th- Those are the teams you're going to be contending with when it comes to trying to go out and grab one of those top players. I want to get to a text and a tweet. The text on the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line at 88528. It says, but guys, it may sound good now, but three years from now, Green and company will be three years older. And, and yes, they absolutely will. And I'm talking about two years from now. And Draymond Green will be 29 years old. Would you be comfortable signing Draymond Green to a five-year deal if he's 29 years old? Yes. If he has a chance to make a run with Damon CJ, if he's healthy, I absolutely would do it. Now, Kawhi Leonard was the other one. And again, we don't know what his health is going to be like, all that stuff, if he's going to resign. So he'll be a free agent then. Kawhi Leonard will be 28 years old. Again, yes, they they will be older than they are now, but we're not talking about LeBron James, who's going to be, what, 37 years old at that point, 36 years old? Those guys will still have plenty of basketball left in the tank. And and the reason why I keep saying Kawhi and Draymond is because that's the type of multidimensional two-way player that they would need in order to really, because if you're going to play with Damon CJ, you've got to have that two-way type player who can really boost them on both ends of the floor. And I'm not saying we've got to hang our hat on just Draymond Green or Kawhi Leonard. We don't know if somebody else is going to develop into that type of guy. Maybe there is another player who becomes a superstar-level player in the next couple of years that is going to be a max contract-worthy player. Well, Pat- at least the Blazers will have the money to be in play on any of those guys. That's exactly the point. Is I don't really care who it is. If it's a two-way player who is that level of guy and you have the money to sign a max contract player then fine, whether it's Draymond, Kawhi Leonard, or some guy we don't know yet that hasn't developed into that well, player. And think about this, Trav. At that point, too, you have two established stars in Damon CJ who can go out and say, look, we have money. Come play with us. We know that they can be influential in terms of teaming up to go out and get players. They, they made an impression on you know Carmelo this last summer. There's a lot of power behind that. So now I'm starting to see a window where it's like, okay, you want to proceed with Damon CJ, get Dame on board to be patient for two more years, and then when you have that cap space, go out there and get the guy who can complete this. And then you would have Zach Collins at the center position, Damon CJ in your backcourt, and then whatever you find at the four and the three who can dramatically change this team, and then all of a sudden you're a real player in the West. Patrick tweets in, he says, if I'm forced to be patient for another two and a half seasons, can we at least get rid of Olshay? So sad that we have to waste another 30 months of the prime of our best players. Will I get discounts on my season tickets until then? And and I understand the thought. I, I really do. And you know what? It, being patient sucks. And wasting some of your, your, your best players' prime years, it sucks. How many superstar players are there in the NBA? Several. 15? Well, I don't know the exact number. There well, are several superstar players right. in the league. But if if you need three players, three superstar players to win a championship, if that's the magic number, and you've got, let's just say, 21, well, then only seven teams in the league will have an opportunity to win an NBA championship. And it's really difficult to crack into that group. So would you be okay with wasting two more years of your best player's prime and having an opportunity to get into that? Or would you rather make some other moves that are much, 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 much lower reward and never get into there? Well, I want a chance to win a championship. So if you tell me today that the Blazers, with that money, are going to be able to go out there and get one of the difference makers they need to make a run, a significant run in the Western Conference and have a chance to get to the finals, I'm willing to wait two more years. I'm not telling you they're going to. I'm telling you this is the best opportunity they have to do that, is waiting two and a half years. 
Yeah. That's the best opportunity that they have. You're not trading for that guy. It does not exist. The trade machine stuff is all fun. Trading for this role player or that role player isn't going to get you there. And trading CJ for a star player isn't going to get you there either because you need three, not two. So the only way to add that guy in the next handful of years is to do it via free agency. Yeah, which is in the summer of 2020 when those hideous contracts come off the books. And Patrick, if you want a name, if Paul Allen decides to make a change, I know who I want in that Blazers front office. It's Ryan West. I want Jerry West's blood in the organization and I'm always going to have my eye on Ryan West if Paul Allen decides to make a change. This, tw- this text on the Belton Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line 88528 says it's two parts. Part one, Blazers signing free agents never, okay? Their biggest free agent signings, Chad, were what? Kenny Anderson and Brian Grant, right? Now, what's the best way to attract somebody to your team? Number one is being able to pay them what they want. Check. You got that, right? Number two is having the best chance to win as opposed to whoever you're trying to sign. People, Players don't not come to Portland. They don't not come here because they hate Portland. It's because they're going to get more money and going to have a better chance to win somewhere well, else. Let me give you an example. The reason why I keep looking at Draymond is because, one, I love his game and he's a, he's a difference maker. But think about this. he After he's done in Golden State, after the next couple of years, he's going to have four rings. So the championships he no longer needs to chase. He's going to want to get paid. He's going to want one more hefty pay, payday before his career is over with. And when you've got four rings, he will be willing to go out and try a different area. Maybe he goes back home to play with the Detroit Pistons. Maybe he'll come to Portland. But keep in mind, he and Dame are close. They have a good relationship. And Dame's got some superstar power. He can have influence on a guy like Dre and say, look, come up here and play with us. You'll get paid. We'll have a chance to make a run and be one of the better teams in the West and maybe win a championship. He spends time with Dame down in Oakland when he does his uh, charity events down there. Dame and CJ can be influential in recruiting uh, free agents to Portland. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not thinking about the GM. I'm thinking about Dame and CJ really helping recruit whoever's right. working for Paul on at the time. Right. And Dame and CJ in the position that they're in, that's how they're going to have to yeah, do you're it. You're not going to be able to get LeBron to come to Portland, but you can go out and get possibly a Kawhi or a Draymond Green. Right. In two years in the summer of 2020. Right. And, and look, honestly, I, I'm not really putting it on on uh, Neil Shea to do the recruiting. It's on Damien and CJ to do the recruiting. Well, to a degree. But I will say this, and this is my biggest concern with Neil Olshea, uh, and, and I've said this before, that if you have a guy who works in a city, but he's not, he's an L.A. guy, you, you, you have to, as a, as a GM, you have to buy in and understand what makes the local area that you're working and living in great so that when you're talking to prospective players, you can show them why this is a place that they want to be. You have to sell it, but when you're doing that sales job in connection with two bright young stars in Damon CJ, I think that combination, because like I've told you before, there's a reason why we're bombarded with marketing at all times, because salesmanship works. Uh, having that human touch and having people that show interest in you, that, to show that they care about you and to show that you're wanted, that works on all of us. It, it absolutely does. When, when you feel wanted, Travis, you're going to gravitate in that direction. So GM in combination with Damon CJ, along with having the ability to pay big dollars, I think that can have a dramatic impact on people. Right. I, I think it can too. And that's why with 2020, when you've got the money and Damon and CJ are going to be 28, 29 years old, you'll have an opportunity. It doesn't mean you're going to make it happen. It just means that's the best chance that you have to make it happen. And if you want to win a championship, that's really your best bet right there.
All right, it is 5.33 on the Rip City Drive. It is time to talk some college hoops with one of the best play-by-play guys in the biz. Roxy Bernstein returns to the Rip City Drive. What's up, Roxy? What's up, buddy? Hi, boys. How yeah, are you? Very well. Glad Life to have you with good. good. Life is good. Good, man. Good. <laughs> hey, so uh, the, obviously we, there's a ton we want to get to you with here, but we look at the Pac-12 here, getting ready for the tournament to start here real soon. The latest bracketology I saw had them getting two teams into the tournament. Are they really that bad of a conference? I love Joe Lenardi. Don't get me wrong. But I, I find it very difficult to believe that only two will get in. I know he's got three of the first four teams out, all from the Pac-12, right. the two L.A. schools in Washington. It's crazy because about a week ago we were looking at when he had the bracket, five teams were getting in. So it just goes to show you how quickly things can change. Uh, and it, we're going to see teams lose. We're going to see fall te- teams fall apart. Now, the two L.A. schools have a very difficult schedule coming up as they head to the Mountain Schools this weekend, and then they play each other. I, I think before it's all said and done, I, I'd like to see five get in, but realistically, I, I would, I would pre- feel pretty confident that we'll see four Pac-12 teams in the field. Hey, Roxy, what was the biggest thing that jumped out at you when the selection committee had their reveal of their uh, bracket? Well, uh, it's just the way they're doing things, Chad, this year. It's a little bit different. Yes, the RPI is still factored in the equation. It's just not as significant as it has been in the past. Like going to this quad system, which I think a lot of us are still trying to wrap our heads around. Okay, this is a quad one win. That's a quad three win. Uh but when they came out with the brackets and they were laying it out, it, it, it was great to see that we have some transparency, but it, it's still it going to be an interesting fit in terms of what's going to happen, who are they going to send out west. Um, Virginia's the number one overall seed. I, I think they're a very good team, don't get me wrong, but I, I – I, I still have a hard time believing that they're the best team in the country. But they're playing great. Nothing against Tony Bennett. Uh, It was good to see Arizona that was in their top 16. And that's a team I would hate to see. If I'm a one seed in a sweet 16, and I'm looking across at the court at DeAndre Ayton and Alonzo Trier, (laughs) that's a very difficult Sweet 16 matchup for anybody. You mentioned Virginia. Uh, Are they the best team in the country? Well, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I'm with you. I don't know that they're the best team in the country, but I also don't know who is. Because there's nobody that stands out to me and says, oh yeah, they're, they're definitely number one. So who is the best team in the country right now? And if there isn't anybody that's that clear cut, does that make things more entertaining right now? I think it does. And when you look at it, to me, there's realistically about 15, 16 teams that have a chance to win a national championship. And, okay, Virginia may be playing the best, but there isn't a clear-cut favorite. Because we look at Virginia, and I just don't see the real dynamic player that jumps off the page. They have a bunch of really good pieces when you look at them, but I just don't know if there's anything that just strikes 
fear to the opposition. When you line up against Duke, now I know Marvin Bagley is hurt right now, and he's dealing with a little bit of a knee strain that they hope to have him back soon. But Marvin Bagley incites fear in people when you look at your matching up against him. When you're squaring up against Arizona, people are scared to go up against DeAndre Ayton. And that's what I look for. I, I look for those superstar-type players that really seem to flourish this time of the year. Hey, Roxy, who's the best team you've seen with your own eyes this year? I, I, the best team? That's a good question because, you know, I was there, as you guys know, for the PK-80. And I, I thought Florida at the time was really good, <laughs> but they've really fallen by the wayside. They've been hard to figure out. Duke was magnificent in that field. And what Michigan State did in North Carolina was impressive. So uh, Michigan State may be the best team that I've seen. They certainly put together one of the best performances I've seen in that game. You know who else had a great performance recently? And people should not sleep on Gonzaga this year. Um, when they went, I had the game a couple of weeks ago when they went down to St. Mary's and they pounded the Gales. And that was, I know the final score was, what, 78-65 was a 13-point game. The game wasn't that close. And, yes, they lost four key pieces from a team that went to the national championship game last year. It took them a little while, I think, to figure themselves out. But that, again, is a dangerous team come the NCAA tournament. I would not want to match up with Gonzaga. You know, this year, because you don't have some of those, like, uh, the, the, the blue blood programs that are great like they have been in the past. You get some good ones. North Carolina's pretty good. Duke's pretty good. But I don't know if any of them are great. Is this the year that maybe a mid-major, uh, I don't know if it's St. Mary's or Rhode Island or Gonzaga or somebody, is this the year that one of them breaks through and, and wins the championship, doesn't just get to the title game like a Butler or a Gonzaga have? It's possible. And I would lump Gonzaga in that group of teams that I think has a shot to win a national championship. The way they played in that game and the way they guarded, yes, they're a mid-major program in name only. Anybody who knows, like you guys know, that, that's a okay, yes, they happen to play in a mid-major league, but they're not a mid-major program. With the way they recruit, they've been getting five-star players a little bit as of late, um, and then they get diamonds in the rough, like a Rui Hachimura right now, who seems to be rising up everybody's draft board. So, uh, it, 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 the mid-major, I think, has a chance. I still think that it's going to be a heavy major power conference force that will probably win it, but it wouldn't shock me if somebody came from out of the blue like a Gonzaga to win it. Hey, Roxy, I want your take on Oklahoma. Do you think uh, the Sooners and Trey Young are on the verge of playing their way out of the tournament? They're in real trouble. They're in real trouble right now, Chad, because you, you've, what, you've lost six straight now, nine of the last 11. They do have some winnable games here to finish off the regular season, but they have to find their mojo again. Trey Young has really struggled lately. They're, they're playing their way out. They're, I think they're still in at this point, but who they, they have Ohio, Iowa State left, um, a couple other winnable games, Kansas State. Baylor. If, yeah, and Baylor. They need to win at least two of these games, I think, to feel pretty good going into the Big 12 tournament because they're not finishing strong. They have not really played all that well the last couple of months, so I, I think they're in trouble. Wow. Roxy Bernstein <laughs> is with us here on the Rip City Drive. 
You know, Roxy, the, I, I look at Texas Tech, Clemson, uh, Auburn, teams that are, are in power conferences that aren't traditional powers that are having really good years. Out of, out of that, those groups of teams, is, is one, does one of them stand out or does one of them have the best chance to win a title? Who's for real? Well, right now Auburn's dealing with some player issues. I think they're only down to seven healthy scholarship players right now. Yikes. Bruce Pearl's kind of just holding that thing together as tightly as he can. Um, I haven't seen enough of Texas Tech, but if you're leading the Big 12, and I'm, I'm not as high in the Big 12 as other people are this year, but if you're leading the Big 12, I think you're legit. So with their athleticism, what Chris Beard is doing at Tech, uh, of those, of the group of teams that you mentioned, I think they're the most legit. And, yeah, I think they do have a chance to go deep into the tournament. He is Roxy Bernstein, play-by-play voice, ESPN, Pac-12 Network, and I'm sure about 15 other places. I know this is the craziest time of year for you, Roxy, so I appreciate you joining us here for a couple of minutes. We look forward to uh, hearing you here uh, throughout the, the rest of college basketball season and into baseball. You're a stud, Roxy. Your, stud. I'm heading your way tonight, man. I got the pilots tomorrow night, BYU and Portland. Let's go. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be I, the child center tomorrow night. I, I've called about a dozen of their games this year. They are, they are finally starting to look like a basketball team. It, it, it's good to see because you know how young they are. And the pieces so young. that uh, Terry Porter was putting together, it, it's going to take some time. I saw them early when they were in the PK-80. I had two of their games. I've had a uh, game or two in conference play. Now I'm looking forward to seeing them. And I, I, I hopefully they do – put together a strong performance tomorrow night because they're playing a 21-win BYU team. Yeah. They're, they're going to need to come out swinging on senior night tomorrow night. I'll be at Arizona, Oregon State tomorrow night, so you enjoy the pilots in BYU and safe travels, my friend. Have fun in Corvegas. All right. <laughs> oh, memo to BYU. Yeah. They're in town at Child Center tomorrow. Make sure you tip when you order the food to go for the after-game meal tomorrow. Yeah. They totally shafted last year. Yeah. Huge order, no tip, classless. Come on, BYU. I expect more from you. Hey, we got golf show tickets right now. Three pairs, 503-248-0620, colors one, two, and three. You've got the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Hey, what's up? Travis and Chad here for Big Al's. It's my spot for the family because I love to hang out with the kids. Ski ball. Papa shot. Those are the two, two big games right now. But with the food, I got to tell you what, the Bavarian pretzel followed by the chicken Baja soft tacos. Incredible. It's just a great place for the fam. And as we get close to the big tournament, all of the biggest games on the yeah. biggest screen, all tourney long, big deals on beer and make it a slam dunk with a margarita bucket for just 10 bucks. For more info, visit ilovebigals.com. So the 2.0 mock draft from Mel Kuyper came out today. Let me give you these names, Travis, and what I'll you get your reaction. Number one, he still has Josh Allen going to the Cleveland Browns, quarterback out of Wyoming. How about this year, Giants at number two taking Saquon Barkley. <sighs> number three, Bradley Chubb uh, going to the Colts, defensive end out of NC State. At number four, he's got the Browns taking Minka Fitzpatrick, the D-back out of uh, Alabama. And at five, Sam Darnold to the Broncos. At six, Baker Mayfield to the Jets. Barkley to the Jets. I love it for 2018 and 2019. But in the big picture, when you've got Barkley and Beckham and all those guys and you don't have a quarterback, how great is Saquon Barkley going to be then? 
It's a good question. What are the Browns going to do at one? Is it going to be Josh Allen? You still think there's a chance he the Browns could jump on him? Absolutely, I do. I'd take that. That means Darrell's available for somebody else. Yeah, the Broncos. With Travis and Chad. Do it! Do it! Do it till you're satisfied! On your home of the Blazers, NBC Sports Northwest Rip City Radio. Well, Travis, you gotta check this out here. We got yeah, the latest up. from Bleacher Report. This is according to Woj. Kawhi Leonard has been medically cleared to return from quad injury, but is opting to remain out. That goes along with a report earlier today where Popovich was quoted as saying, he would be surprised if Kawhi Leonard returns this year. So I don't know exactly what's going on with Popovich and Kawhi, but clearly there's an issue there. Maybe, yeah. like Eric just told us, maybe it's a situation where he's going to take it, you know, real, he's going to be real careful with his body to make sure that, you know, he doesn't suffer any further injury because he's trying to protect the long term. Uh, he's thinking long term and wanting to protect his sure. body for the rest of his career. But that's going to have a dramatic impact on the playoff race. Right now, the Spurs. I think Portland sits behind San Antonio, two and a half, games back, two and half games back, yeah. and they're currently in three. Well, without Kawhi, if he doesn't come back, the Spurs are no longer a legitimate threat in the Western Conference, and I think they will continue to tumble back in the Western Conference standings because, I mean, Gasol and Aldridge are okay, and they'll continue to win some games, but they're no longer a major threat. And this goes back to what I was telling you last week and a couple of weeks ago. I'm okay if the Blazers wind up in six and say they're playing the Spurs who are in three, or maybe it's five and the sure. Spurs are in four. Older team, no Kawhi Leonard. That's a team Portland could match up with and have success with. But now the question is, how far will they tumble back in the West Standings? Yeah, I'd rather have them not tumble back and have the Blazers play them in the first round. Well, unless the Blazers can jump up all the way to three. Well, but if, if they're six and the Spurs are three, would you rather play that Spurs team than Minnesota or Oklahoma City? You know, if the Blazers had home court, I'd rather have home court. You'd rather have home court against Minnesota than play the Spurs without uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And well, the reason why is for a couple of different reasons. One, because it's better for the city. Well, sure. More home games, more excitement. And I, wa I always want the situation, in case you're playing a game seven, for that to be at home instead of on the road. No, having home court would certainly matter. I think the Spurs will tumble back a little bit. I don't know if they will tumble back past the Blazers, but – this is not a bad thing for the Blazers. The, the 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 more opportunities you have to move up, the better. Yeah, because even if it's not three, well, maybe you're sitting at five or four as the rest of the teams move up. I, it's just a good thing. I sure. mean, look, I, I only care about the Blazers. So at the end of the day, if Kawhi's not going to play, heck, if Jimmy Butler wants to take the rest of the year off, I'm all about whatever it takes for Portland to continue yeah. to move up. It just goes to show you that what we thought at the beginning of the year how as the season proceeds with injury and with different things that come up, 
you know, you, you start to find out what these teams are about. San Antonio now, just another team in the West, not a legitimate player in the Western Conference in terms of being able to get out and make a challenge for the finals. Sure. I mean, they still have, have gotten to the point they're at right now this year with Kawhi Leonard playing nine games. So, yeah, I think they'll tumble back a little bit. How much? Probably not that much because they're still a good team. They haven't had Kawhi Leonard for most of the year anyway. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that. I, I'm just telling you right now, I, I do not believe the Spurs are going to be in three. I think they're going to come no, all— No, I don't either. I, don't I think either. they're going to be in five or six. Yeah, and I, I think they, the other teams are going to jump them because, you know, you they're just not that good. Yeah. They're a good team, but they're not great. And without Kawhi Leonard, that changes a lot of things I would agree in terms of that. depth and in terms of defense and everything else they want to do on the floor. I want to get to a, a couple of texts, Chad, on the Belden Portland Leaf Guard Gutter text line, 88528. This one says, blah, Blazers, changes needed before 2020 to at least make them fun to watch. And I agree. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that this is what has to happen. All I'm saying is that if you want to win a championship, and you want to add that third big-time player that you need to win a championship, this is the only way I see that happening. Yeah, and the reason why Travis came in with a plan is keep in mind, I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated because they're just above average. I'm frustrated at the summer of 2016, and I'm really concerned that Damian Lillard, who already had his meeting with Paul Allen, is going to get put out with the way the situation is right now and say, you know what, thanks, but no thanks, I'm out. I want out. And when that happens, then – we're done, and I don't want to lose him. So that's why Travis came in with the plan. Look, two years, hit that summer, and you could tell Dame, look, give us until the summer of 2020. If we don't make things happen to where we put ourselves yeah. in a position to compete, then you can roll. And this is not saying the Blazers shouldn't do anything. Just wait. It's If you want to add the third piece, the third big-time player, you need the salary cap to do it. This is the only way that's going to happen. And between you and Dwight, I'm starting to jump on board with that because I realize that even if they went out and made a move tomorrow to satisfy my my desire for a move right now to where they can prove a bit, it's not going to put them ahead of the pack when it comes to the Warriors. No. So why would you want to mortgage the future when the Warriors are still going to kick your face in and win the championship Absolutely. the next two years? Aaron tweets in, says, 2020, the salary cap is $114 million. That is what it's expected to be. We're on the books for $68 million. Add another $8 million or so for guys that will be on the payroll that aren't currently. That leaves about $36 million in cap space. Possibly more if you're willing to shed a couple of small contracts to make the deal. Can you sign Draymond Green and Chris Middleton for that? It's possible. And the, the numbers are, are generally pretty close on to, to what Aaron was saying, but that's, that's the point. That's exactly the point, is give yourselves enough salary cap space in the summer of 2020 to sign a max contract guy. Whoever that max contract guy is, if they're a two-way player, if it's Draymond, if it's quite I don't care. Put yourself in a position where you've got the money. Uh, I don't know who this is, but it's a hater saying, Troy Williams just picked the Knicks over the Blazers for a 10-day contract. Do they have a better chance of winning this year? No, I don't care about, I can care Troy, about Williams. Troy Williams. He can I put an care. egg in his shoe and beat it. Whether it's $36 million or $40 million, Trav, the bottom line is they'll have money for a max player. Yes, that's the point. Have money for a max contract player, you'll be better. Okay. I'm out tomorrow, so I'll see you on Monday. Yes, and I'm glad Troy Williams chose New York. Bomb. I don't need more bombs. Good. Get him out of here. Gosh. You got the Rip City Drive.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.